Hello and welcome to episode 217 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I'm, I'm Kevin, I think. <laughs> You're uncertain? Right now I am. I, are, are you okay? Existential crisis, man. Yeah, I'm going through some stuff right now, just so don't look at me. Well, good thing this is audio. No one can look at you. <laughs> well, I hope everything turns out okay for you, Kevin. Um, how do you transition from that to this episode? It's about puzzle games. No, but uh, yeah, this episode we're calling it... I'm in a yeah. puzzled state right now. Yeah, life ah, is a puzzle. Life is a puzzle, and we're going to solve it together, I guess. Well, it's actually more about crossovers and puzzle games. That's sort of Dude, if you could solve life in this episode... Could you imagine yeah. if like, we solved Dude, life listen to in this If you episode? can solve all my problems, that'd be One great. One episode of a podcast? There's a couch right there. I can lay on it. You can... Ask me questions about my life. Should we do a spinoff podcast, Random Kevin? <laughs> Just about what you Yo. <laughs> No? Okay. Well, in that case, this episode... Why do you think dinosaurs are okay? Are okay? I guess. Who thinks they're not okay? That's an inside joke. Oh, no wonder. I was You'll not be on part the inside. Of one. You'll be part of one one day. Inside. I know. <laughs> I count down the days till it happens. 30 years and still not. Uh, no, but we're calling this episode uh, Mixed and Match uh, in our two things. One is the puzzles, as I mentioned. We're going to talk about puzzle games, including a new one for Switch called uh, Day and Night that we've been playing. Uh, so that's the matched half. And then the mixed half is the other thing we're talking about a lot is there's been like a crossover of Palooza in the last couple of weeks of all these different games that are just matching up different characters in different ways. So... There's uh, Zelda and Mario Maker 2. There's Sonic and Super Monkey Ball. There's different announcements that have come out. So we're just going to kind of share impressions of those and talk about that a bit. Yeah, Mega Man's also in Dragalia yes, Lost. Yes, he is, which we'll talk about too. It's very strange that in the last couple that, weeks no, there's like, been a There's, really a, really there's weird. a weird Damon X Machina. Yes, with The Witcher, which we're also going to cover. Oh, it's a lot of stuff. Plus, um, plus we have, of course, you know, more general news. Resident Evil like, 2 uh, and Monster Hunter. That's... That, that's been a thing for a little while, but yeah, yeah same idea. Like a month ago, but yeah, I wanted to but, Resident uh, Evil 2. You just needed to squeeze it in. Dude, I can't wait for that review of Resident Evil 3. Tuesday that... and stay to play on PlayStation's thing, probably. Man, can't wait. It's supposedly going to be announced before the Game Awards, which means it has to be this coming Tuesday. I so mean, anyone listening after Tuesday can tell me I'm Upgraded right Mr. Are the Game Awards on Tuesday? They're on Thursday, but stay to play is on Tuesday. I mean, where it'll probably be announced, if I had to guess. I'm just excited about like the potential with Nemesis, like seeing like what they did with... Mr. X, and then now they have like a whole city to work with. Mr. It could be way <laughs> Every time I hear Mr. <laughs> X, I think Mr. F. Every time. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, well, you're the only other one here, I guess. I don't get the reference. Yes, you do. You've watched you, Arrested you Development. You've watched Arrested Development, haven't you? Like once a long time ago. What? You've seen uh, the whole well, series, you liar. I mean, that's like I saw the series once. You don't remember any of season three where they kept doing Mr. F? Mr. F. I guess not. It was uh, his. Uh, British. Not British. Charlie, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was Charlie Theron. Yeah. Playing a British person. Oh, I don't remember. You don't remember the... Oh, man. I, I mean, I remember the, the sad Michael Cera music every time he walked away. Like, Well, the, that's just a meme. I mean, I could go yeah. on the internet and reference oh, yeah, but, illusions. I mean, yeah, and, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess wow. I can remember the funny stuff. I don't know. Okay, never mind Kevin's intervention. It's not your <laughs> intervention, because how do you not remember such a great show? But anyway, we have all that this episode. No, I remember this show. I just don't remember that specific joke. Doesn't doesn't matter. It was a, it was a running gag. You should remember it. No, but uh, we I'm have. Sure all... if I see it, I'll be. Oh, I, I, I rewatch Arrested Development once a year, uh, seasons one through three. Because I was gonna say, do you watch four? And no, five? I don't watch four or five. I have yet to see five. Same, which is weird because I love one, two, and three, and I was okay yeah. with four. Yeah, you were. I was. I was. About yeah, I was. I was also okay with four. I watched it multiple times in college, and then I. No, see, I didn't watch it I until met, after, met, way uh, after college. I met Mitch Hurwitz and have his autograph on a poster of Arrested Development and he's a very Didn't nice man. Did you see the stair car at the I Girls? saw the stair car. There's a picture of me with the stair car somewhere and yet haven't watched season five. Yeah. I don't think I loved the show. I mean, it's not way post-college. I thought like, I don't know, like maybe like five years ago 
whenever the the fourth season came out. Uh, like I literally thought like that was like five years ago. That was like 2013 or something. Yeah, I thought like a couple weeks before that, and I mean I enjoyed it enough to keep going, but yeah, yeah. yeah. They reworked season four. It's actually different. I, you know what? We're getting I, way. I off. definitely had a lot of like, oh, this is where this is from. Yeah, because I mean a lot of like memes and jokes are from that. We're beyond a tangent. I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna final countdown. Definitely can't hear it the same, even though yeah, I like exactly. that song beforehand. Exactly. Um, point is, there's timestamps for all these topics on Nintendo. We're here for a Nintendo podcast. Stick around. Yeah, we are a Nintendo podcast. We also have news about like Switch is Black Friday and new Super Nintendo. How do we get from Resident Development to Resident Evil? We found a way. No, he found a way. When season four was announced, when season four of Resident Development was announced, the TV board on 4chan literally played the final countdown in the background because everybody was so excited. And then season four came out. And it was okay at best. Yeah. So, Magic Expectations, everybody swept. It was like, just, like, every episode was from the perspective of someone? Yeah, because they only had one day to film with everyone. So, they're like, well, oh, what geez. if? What if? Interesting. And then they restructured it. So, instead of being from each person's perspective, they intermixed the scenes. So, it's the same season. They just changed the order of the scenes. And apparently, it's better as a result. But anyway, anyway the, point is, there, the point is guys there are timestamps what an intro the, the real <laughs> this point, is why there's timestamps the, the real point actually is stick around to the end if you can put up with us not sticking to a topic because we have both the winners of our current anniversary contest to announce and we have a new contest to announce with three more winners to be picked next episode so you're going to at least jump to the end if you can't put up with our tangents but um, normally normally we're pretty on topic and normally we uh begin discussing with news you know we start with the news and then we kind of gradually make our way into what we're playing uh but i feel like more so than usual what we're playing is the news i mean not the fact that we're playing that's not news but the kind of big surprise since our last episode was the unexpected update version two of super mario maker 2 uh it comes with a pretty awesome crossover in the form of link as a playable character and i i've been playing it so i feel like we might as well kind of just launch into what we're playing because that that's what I've been playing. So um, okay. Oh, also, I think I forgot to mention we also had impressions of Monkey Ball and Ring Fit Adventure from Angel's perspective this time throughout the episode. So they're sprinkled in like little treats as you go. Um, but yeah, Mario Maker Two. Um, as the resident, well, really the only, I think I'm the only one of the three of us that owns Mario Maker Two. I believe it's it's my duty to report to the group in the room and the larger audience at home uh, how it is, how Link is. And I'm happy to report it is as cool as you would think it would be. It might actually be more cool than anything. Great. It's actually, All right. Yep, it's great. All right, so next topic. No, but um, it is actually pretty cool. It's like at a, at a basic level, here's how it works. You turn into Link if you grab the Master Sword item. And now on top of the normal running and jumping, you can hit B to use his sword, the shoulder button to fire his arrows from a bow, up on the control stick plus B to do a, to grab a bomb and throw it, or you can hit down on your sword when you're in the air and you do a downward strike. So already you have quadruple the moves that you would normally have. Yeah, in they Mario. jammed a lot into. They jammed a lot, yeah. and uh, what it allows for, and what you can already find in like bountiful numbers on Course World, where all the you know custom courses are, is a ton of really cool new level ideas. Because essentially, what we got for free with this update is a 2D Zelda maker, or really like a Zelda Two Adventures of Link maker, or I guess alternatively a 2d four swords maker because not only does it work with one link you can do it with four links and they're the four four swords colors if you play online or off and you can do puzzles where they go different places that's a nice little touch so yeah so it's actually really cool and um what i kind of realized when toying around with the link power up and the courses people already made is uh because mario maker already has such a full set of tools it kind of lends itself already to be 
a game for 2D Zelda dungeons. Like, it already is basically there. Because, like, really, if you think about it, the entire idea of, like, the ghost house in the Mario series is kind of, like, the very basic stripped-down Zelda dungeon. You know, you have different rooms you need to navigate. There's usually a light puzzle here and there. And then eventually you find your way out. And that's kind of the whole ghost room thing, which Mario Maker has. And Mario Maker kind of took the idea further, you know, has trigger events you can do. You can get keys for doors, all that good stuff. Yeah, switches and blah, blah, blah. Switches, blocks, all sorts of stuff. And it really just kind of took what was the ghost house idea and made it more of a full-fledged, fully fleshed out thing within Mario. And then on top of that, you now have Zelda. So it just kind of makes sense. I mean, like, the game already was accommodating for this. There's a puzzle tag in Course World. You can find levels that are strictly just more puzzle-based. And I have the Zelda stuff on top. So, so now if you take that with the Zelda stuff, what you get is Zelda, essentially. I mean, uh, obviously it's not as in-depth as, say, Ocarina of Time or anything like that. But the Link power abilities do actually lend themselves to some like genuine puzzles. There's one course I did uh, appropriately. I didn't make it. I played it. Appropriately enough, it's called uh, Beginner Hero Training. It's currently the number one course on C- Course World for anyone who wants to check it out. And it really does a good job of just demonstrating, like, how well integrated Link's abilities could be into the Mario structure. Like, there, there's multiple rooms. You try on a different item. Uh, you know, so you have one where you need to place or throw bombs to clear obstacles. You have another where you need to shoot on-off switches. There's a, um, the update's new P-block switch, uh, and that will open paths going forward. Or you have to, like, alternate doing that with bombs, kind of clear gates as you go. Uh, and this wasn't, like, a simple go-tap-the-switch-you're-done sort of thing. Link's bow, because it's chargeable, it has range. So if you hold down the shoulder button more, you can actually arc the arrow differently. You can shoot it further. You can jump and shoot it. You can do short shots, long shots, and all that can factor into actual puzzles and how you go about figuring out how to deal with these switches and whatnot. And, um, you know, as you're doing all these things in this one level, for example, you're going to different rooms. You're trying to find the key. Eventually, you find the room with the key. And then you go back into kind of like the lobby, much like in a Zelda dungeon where they have like the central part where all the, everything branches off of. And then there's a boss door. And then you go through the boss door and sure enough, there's Ganon. Well, Bowser. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be Ganon. But there's Bowser. And then you just kind of are playing Zelda. And that's sort of what like summarizes the... the, the the, and the beauty is not the right word, but like the cool factor of this whole thing. <laughs> the, beauty is that, the, beauty of, the beauty of this update is that like... It's not like Mario Maker 2 now is zelda but offers just enough similarity in its level design options and adding link and his abilities to differentiate from mario enough that it does feel like a separate thing and actually kind of capture the vibe of zelda and capture that kind of like spirit and it also opens up the door to a lot of unique ideas that maybe aren't typical zelda um i don't know if anyone's done this yet but here's a free idea because i've never got to build a level it's too much time and i'm bad at building things 2d links crossbow training like if you have a bow and you can control how much it can shoot like how the distance it can shoot and the impact it can have and you have these auto running levels that people build where you're just kind of on a conveyor belt why not make a target gallery and why not basically do links crossbow training i'm sure if it's not already created someone's gonna do it already it's already created yeah yeah. but but like just like something like that like there's so many possibilities when you just introduce these link mechanics that are but you came up with the idea too so that's pretty impressive (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> no, but you, you get my point, though? It's no, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like it's going to be like, oh, they're making Zelda dungeons. Like, you can get kind of creative with it, and that's really cool. Um, it's just like, I mean, I can't wait to see someone replicate an actual Zelda dungeon, like, not just, like, translating how it would look in 2D, which would be cool, too, to see. It's like, oh, this is literally what it would be like if this was an actual 2D level, but yeah. actually go in there and somehow still make it play like an actual Zelda dungeon, even though it's, like, you know... 2D and not top down. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Because I mean, like someone's this... gonna do it. I mean, probably with like I don't know, maybe the the copter. I forgot what it's called. The Bowser copter. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I see what you're saying. You know, just yeah. to give you that yeah, cool, yeah, like, yeah. top-down, like, up-down. Right, movement. right. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and, I mean, you already... I mean, people are crazy, so... I wouldn't be surprised. It's only a matter of time before Zelda 2 gets actually recreated in this, because they're, you know, side-scoring segments in Zelda 2. The whole yeah. game's side-scoring. Um, but... If you get hit, I think, you just turn back to tomorrow. So that's the one downside that I want to bring up, is, oh. yes, Nintendo's I mean, approach here is that because it's, it's a power-up... It's a power-up. Yeah, meaning okay. if you take a hit, you lose it. And if you touch an enemy or get hit by an object, you're suddenly Mario again, which, you know, isn't the end of the world. I mean, all oh, the music's no longer the cool Zelda music. There's actually three different Zelda songs that you can that I've found so far. They can change. So, like, if you're underground, it could be one Zelda song. If you're above ground, it's another. Like, whenever you have the power-up, it actually switches everything over. But, uh, yeah, so that's gone. But the bigger issue is if you're Mario... And you're in a level that's designed for the Master Sword power-up and all the links And abilities. if you get hit. And you get hit, what do you do? That's interesting. The onus is now on the level creator to actually To constantly put, be putting swords all swords. over. Exactly. Which and not just have them all over, but possible. have them respawn. Like, do it in a way where they come out of a pipe or come out of a thing and are constantly available right. versus a one-and-done block. So that's kind of a weird choice on Nintendo's part, that the onus is now on the creator to remember to have enough Master Swords. I feel like what would have been ideal... Or at least as an option where they can maybe set in the tools. So like an actual character select? Kind of. Like if you power up into Link, you just stay as Link for the rest of the level. I feel like that would be ideal for them to really let people flex their, you know, Zelda creativity and getting people to play a fake Zelda, so to speak. But, um... Well, I guess there are already tons of levels that require you not to get hit just in general. Yeah. So, I mean... Could be the same deal. Yeah. That's, and like that's the, the level I was referencing, that beginner hero training did a really good job of they had a master sword in like every corner of every room and it was always right. responding. So it's just something I need to be mindful of. But I feel bad for people that they're designing a level and then on every single screen they have to go, oh, right, master sword. Where can I put that and actually like build that in? Where it could just be a toggle. I can't wait to see some of the nightmares that some of these creators oh, are going to make. true. I, I do the thing like the ridiculous hard levels and watching mm-hmm. people beat them. But yeah, that's gonna be yeah. I think I think stuff like the bomb is gonna get really abused because the thing with the bomb is like in Zelda, it has a time limit and then it explodes. So they, I can see so many people setting up traps where you throw the bomb, but then the bomb ends up coming back at you, or you get stuck with the bomb, and what do you do? And you're you know you're far in this level, and then they just troll you with a you're gonna die no matter what situation. Uh, but yeah, there people are gonna have fun with this. It's gonna be it's really cool though. Like it's a significant difference. It didn't seem like it would be from a little four minute video, but it's actually pretty notable. I wonder if this was always planned or if this was a reaction to everybody hating the dungeon <laughs> the maker actual in, in, in uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. My guess is this was probably already planned. Uh, I say that for two reasons. One is this is a lot to pump out in six weeks since Link's Awakening came out, and no one knew just how much they'd hate Dungeon Maker until it was out. Um, it's unfortunate, but, but you the know. I mean, hate's a strong word. It's just very blah. But the the other reason I think that is because this is also kind of a replacement for those costumes from the first game that they got rid of. They had. I mean, if that means that every time they add someone, like I feel like it's only a time before they add exactly. like an eight bit met like Samus, and then you that know, would be so give cool. Give them Morph Ball and screw no, you know, well, you know what's interesting is yeah, if they if they do that, they should, in, in my opinion, at least, like you're saying. um have custom gameplay tied in like the mechanics need to change too but morph ball is actually i know morph ball could work yeah i, I mean it's pretty much just because i think it a crouch on movie i was gonna say like it'd be cool if they went a little above and beyond and did like the spider ball from metroid prime and you could actually climb walls and stuff or like give her her grappling hook and you could actually swing from places like stuff that really I mean, shakes up do, the game in yeah, real but ways. i mean they would have to do super mid i mean because like it's well I, I guess that link isn't really sticking to 
No, that Link has the moves that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only in the eight bit style, and I imagine if they do like Metroid, it would only be in the Super uh, Super Mario World style, and then it could do one that's only in the like three D world style, just so everyone has their yeah. own. But yeah, I think the what this made me realize is like the crazier they get with some of the new mechanics, the core it could be like I would like I said like a grapple hook would be cool, or like if you could climb walls. Um, I will miss. Like, it's a trade-off. I'm going to miss the weird costumes from the first one, or I do miss the weird costumes from the first one, like Slender Mario or, like, Mario driving his little 8-bit Mercedes SUV, which is so stupid, but I just love it. Uh, but these are yeah, the gameplay-altering ones are way better in the long run. Uh, but, oh, like, yeah. I guess besides Samus, who do you want to see? Because, like, well, actually, that's Samus. <laughs> just Samus? I mean, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my I head. I think a cool one would be I don't bother. Kirby. I don't play like you did in Mario Odyssey when he jumps. He's heavy, shoots fire. Yeah, you could do um, that. I was going to say, Kirby might be a cool one, because think about how they can introduce his mechanics, too. I mean, floating, ooh, obviously. Infinite jumps. I mean, that's already makes it so you pretty much have to have a ceiling in every yeah, level. Yeah, but not only that, but like imagine if they did like a rudimentary form of his copy ability, where you can actually inhale an mm. enemy and gain some of its characteristics. Like, for example, um, this update has Spike and Pokey introduced to it. So the little guy that throws the Spike balls yeah. and the little cactus. So imagine if like you're Kirby and you suck up Spike, and now you, too, can have a new projectile with the physics of the spike ball or the snowball on the snow levels. Or if you're pokey, you have needles sticking out of you and you can walk into enemies that aren't armored, like Goombas, but you still need to get creative around enemies that are armored or like a swamp or whatever. Like yeah. there's a lot of I mean, of if cool they want to get lazy, they could just make it Kirby 1 Kirby, which you can't, can't doesn't do have, anything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a copy of it. See, but flies. I don't think they're going to because I think this they're opening the door for some really cool stuff. Like if you want to get real crazy, like Nintendo have a lot of fun with this. Like you want to blow the minds of people, Sonic. They have a good partnership with Sega. Imagine, like, they already... Speedrunning is a huge part of the game already. Damn. Version 2 introduced yeah, the dash block, right? Specifically for speedrunning. So what if they just go one step further and they just basically do that Sonic cool. with speed... Yeah, like, have his spin dash, have his, you know, all that. And then what's cool with that is if they were to do that, the same way that Link is kind of like a... Not an olive branch, but kind of enhances the already existing puzzle levels. They could Sonic enhance the already existing... or the already community built around speedrunning. So, like, there's a lot of ideas they could do if they want to get real crazy. And then they could tie it in with game releases. Like, they could totally, if they want to have, or any release, they could have Sonic come out around the time of the movie. They could have Kirby with the next Kirby game. They could have Samus. There's the rumors back, Metroid Prime Trilogy coming next year, supposedly. Um, Might as well ignore it at this point, then. Right. But they could do, like, Samus with Metroid Prime. Actually, that rumor's kind of weird in that... um, so it's from a guy named Leaky Panda who is on Twitter. <clears throat> yep, that's his name. Sorry if you listen to this podcast. I just sorry, Leaky Panda. It's, it's a funny it, name. It is, but um, they're, it's a well-meaning name. They're they're a Twitterer, a Twitterer, and they have been right about some Smash Ultimate news. They have been right about some other stuff. They've been wrong about some stuff. So they're not necessarily the most reliable, but they they have a decent bang average. And they're saying after the start of next fiscal year, so April twenty twenty or onward, we will get Metroid Prime Trilogy. Which kind of makes sense since we've heard it's done from people in the know they're actually reliable, like some Game Informer staff and whatnot, and, and Nintendo's just sitting on it. The the wrinkle in this rumor is Leaky Panda went on to say, and I don't know if I believe this one, that um, a Super Metroid remake in the style of the 3DS's Samus Returns will then follow in 2021. And I don't know where Metroid Prime 4 fits into all of this. And I don't know if I believe that. But that's what they say. A Metroid-style remake. Hmm. I think, honestly... Trilogy is probably going to happen. Super Metroid Remake. It's already on Switch Online's and uh, Super Nintendo game selection. I can't imagine Nintendo being like, yeah, there's an audience that will play the thing we already gave them for free again in slightly better 2D. But maybe I'm wrong. How did uh, Samus Returns sell? 
Um, it was on clearance a lot, but well, Sam's Returns is tricky because it's Mercury. It's funny because I love Mercury right, Steam. Yeah. It is Mercury Steam. Yeah. What were you gonna say? No, it's funny because like I'm a huge Mercury fan, but I didn't even buy that game. I still plan on getting I it. Get, yeah. I got the collector's edition with the CD and stuff, but uh, which is still available today. Anyway, that's the thing. Yeah. Is like they, so, it came out on a system that was basically dying on the vine. True. Yeah, that's so right. So it's hard to really say how it did versus how it could have done. But it did. It was at the top of the 3DS chart for a little while. But that's like, are we talking ten games, ten hundred, ten thousand games, a million games being sold in that chart? I don't know. So it did, and it was discounted the collector's edition. So even so, that didn't do that great. But the standard might have. Um, I, I firmly believe Nintendo does see potential in future 2D Metroids. I just don't know if they're going to do a full-on remake of Super Metroid on a system that has Super Metroid playable on it currently. But, but maybe, not, maybe, maybe, they, have happened. maybe they saw but the success DKC, of Link's Awakening and said, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't see why not. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that, that's... It does fit with that point that they made in their financial briefing a couple episodes ago. We were talking about where they were saying they might do more remakes of Game Boy games and whatnot. I mean, granted, Super, Nintendo, or Super Metroid is a Game Boy, but it's that era. So you might be right. might be onto something. Um, but yeah, the the other big thing about Mario Maker 2 that we haven't touched on yet. I kind of indirectly saw it going that way when talking about speed uh, speedrunning with Sonic, but... They have a new speedrun mode called Ninji, which first, I had no idea those little ninja dudes from Mario were called Ninji. Did, what? Did anyone know that? I feel yeah. like I'm the only one that didn't know that. I'm preaching to the choir here. No. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, I mean... How did you know? When did they ever identify them as Because, ninja? you know, since, you know, I, I pay attention to the games they beat. Um, oh, in the credits, I was like, this is a ninja. Yeah, I guess from what game it was. Mario World. Yeah. But I beat Mario World and I don't remember that. I didn't pay attention to the credits. I was more basking in the in the glow of beating a game for once. Uh, I, I like reading the wacky names. I, I, I do know that, like, the dinosaurs have kind of funny names, but I didn't know Ninji. Anyway, point is, so Ninji has speedrun mode. Actually pretty awesome. Like, what Nintendo Century did was embrace the whole speedrun community within Mario Maker and then offer weekly custom levels made by Nintendo with the idea that you try and beat them as fast as possible. Um, how it works is actually kind of interesting that you, you get a new level every week, you go in and it's in what's called a recon run when you do it the first time, and the game literally tells you, like, take your time, think about strategies, have take a deep breath, don't worry about it, and when you beat the level, they say, okay, great, now do you want all the ninji to follow you around? Because it's going to get crazy. And then you're like, yes, play again. And then suddenly you have this whole cluster of these little guys following or you know being ghosts of other players. It's very reminiscent of uh, when you beat a level in Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like all your deaths, except these are actual successes. But what's kind of what's kind of <laughs> neat about the ninji, I don't know if Super Meat Boy does this, but what's neat about the ninji is they will dynamically change which ghosts they give you based on kind of the people around you. So you're never well, going to see someone is, just well, zip well, past well, you. Meat Boy is just all your behind. past attempts until oh, you beat okay. it. Yeah, this is other people. And it will dynamically scale as you get better and faster at that level, which is kind of neat. And uh, to be honest, at first, when I was first doing it, it was kind of disorienting because it was just like this big gray blob around Mario. I'm like, wait, where am I? What is going on? Oh, too um, much for little Jason. It was too much for me. But eventually, you know, you, I learned to tune it out and it was a bit better. Um, and that's when you start to actually notice patterns, sort of. Because you're not going to follow each individual little ninja, but you start seeing, like, does the blob tend to go, like, along the top of the course? They tend to go through the middle. Is there, like, a little down-hidden thing they all go into? And it actually kind of helps educate you in how to better do the run, which is kind of neat. Um, and the thing is, if you do find that annoying and don't want it, you can turn it off. There's actually four levels of ninja intensity, I guess you could say. You can have, uh, by default, it's a swarm. Then there's a bunch. Then there's a few. And then there's none. 
so i just leave it on swarm now now that i've now that i've adapted to the to the too muchness of it but um yeah once you complete a course you then get like this snazzy little chart that shows you not just like how you rank compared to others with a raw number but where you place on kind of a curve graph like a like a grading curve looking thing except it's all the people's times uh the odd thing is in typical nintendo fashion it doesn't seem like there's a way to view a proper leader leaderboard of like the exact people around you or more general rankings i don't even think there's a way to see how your friends did in that run which is odd because even super mario run on smartphones let you see how your friends did on every single level mm-hmm. in the game well, yeah, that's so, the point of it yeah but like even without that i did find the graph to be kind of like oddly moving i i was planning to do only one or two runs just to get a sense of it because you know this was like the night before i rang this and putting this together and everything hour later i'm still going so I, I did manage to shave my time off though i went from like a 27 second run down to like 22 seconds and last i checked them in the top forty-eight thousand people before that I was in the top fifty-six thousand. so uh yay i'm aggressively average but these levels better. are on a weekly basis they're on a weekly basis once they are okay. done you can continue to play them but they will not be counted towards the ninji uh speed run mode gotcha. and they will not get you special items that's the other thing is if you beat it you get a stamp that stamp gives you uh, costumes for your me which you can then deck out in ninji stuff and if you do well enough, they throw little gold stars around you and they sparkle for a preset amount of time that Nintendo will not say how long. But yeah, it's, it's really cool because basically um, you're getting a free new Mario course every single week. For how for, long? Uh, they have not said it's going to stop, so probably a year or two, I would guess. I mean, they're definitely not going to say that they're going to stop, but I mean, no, but they're, I let's mean, see how long they support this. I'm just thinking like Splatfest lasted like three or four years. And I'm sure, you know, they just had developers make 30 courses, and there you go. That's almost – that's two and a half years. True. Going on three. Um, But, yeah, I think, like, like in many ways, as much as I love the inclusion of Link and was gushing about that, I think it's actually, like, the ninja speedrun mode that's going to get me to come back because it's just, like, easier to Hmm. deal with. I mean, first of all, you're guaranteed good level design because it's coming right from Nintendo. Uh, You can just go in and play. You don't need to actually, like, fire up, like – the course world and find a level you don't need to enter a 12 digit code that you have to copy down from somewhere or whatever you just boot up the game you go do the thing and then you're playing it's really easy which brings me to one continuing pet peeve about mario maker 2 that i'm sure everyone has played the game field but i'm i don't know if you guys realize this they don't have a way to save courses to play in the game from outside the game there's no bookmark feature. So in the original oh, Mario Maker... I like that feature. Yeah, the original Mario Maker, which is like, what, from four years ago maybe, had a really slick companion website called the Mario Maker Bookmark. Yeah, the fact you could do it from your phone was really awesome. Yes, you could browse levels, you could input level codes, and they can add them to a special tab called Bookmarks. And then when you go back to your main game, there's that corresponding tab in the course world in the game, and you could just download or play those levels right then and there. It was really cool. Mario Maker 2 which requires a paid online service to use and has a, an app with that service has an app with game specific sections that would be perfect for something like this does not have anything like that. It's very strange to me. Uh, like instead what you got to do is situations like mine where I have to make a running iOS note of all these different courses I want to play. And I have to manually copy and paste over or not even copy paste manually type in the code. Last I checked, I think I had actually, how many do I have? Uh, let's see. I have ready to be played at some point in time, um, like twenty, like twenty five courses. But it's just like I'm not, I don't want to sit there and type in what's twenty five times twelve because that's how many digits I have to type in just to play these twelve Ooh, courses. A lot. Yeah, like it just seems silly when the the little three hundred website still works. The what? The little bit. It's essentially the same thing for a little big planet. Or... Oh yeah. 
And oh, you know what else sorry. still works? The original Mario Maker works. website. Oh, pretty cool. The website for Mario Maker 1 on Wii U also is still working. I don't know why they don't just, like, hook that in. But it's just so Maybe weird they only had me. enough resources to have one of them running for one game, and they don't so want turn to it off. The, they don't want to pull the plug on it, I guess? <laughs> Maybe, but who plays... Like, who... I don't know. I, the usage people. stats must show that this game is... I mean, this game sold is selling at a faster rate than the original did. It's got to mean something, but... I don't know. The, the most annoying thing is, like, even Nintendo's like, hey, check out all these cool courses. They had a series on Twitter where they had their different nindies of pretty big independent games make levels in Mario Maker 2, and they just had a screenshot with the code on it. And I'm like, how do you compile these? Do the courses in from the first game transfer over to the second no, game? because the tool sets are different. Okay, see, that that was going to be my excuse. Like, oh, well, creating is much easier on the Wii. So, yeah. yeah. But seeing as how... Yeah. And Crane's not Now bad. I'm just confused. I like, know. Why? Thank what? you. No, and the thing about the thing is, like, on Switch, yeah, it's a little easier on the Wii U because it comes with a stylus. But, like, the Switch is pretty finger-friendly. You can get a, capaci- a capacitive stylus. Europe and Japan, they bundled it with the game. Um, so there are ways. And, right, but you're not getting it on, the, on your TV at the same time. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, so you are kind of blocking your own view. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't know. It's so bizarre to me that they don't have that, and it kind of undermines some of the cool stuff with the Zelda stuff. Meanwhile, Ninja Speedrun is just like, oh, there you go. It's right there. A good level guaranteed. Now, to be fair, okay. some... <laughs> you need to wait till the thing before you... To be fair, some... I was going to say, some fans have come up with clever workarounds to this problem. Uh, there's actually a Discord group who made an entire Super Mario World-style game. Two games, in fact. Uh, and they call it Super Discord World 1 and 2. Uh, and what they did is they built a custom website, and you can browse through all the stages like an overworld map. Each of the stages are clumped together in different worlds with different themes. Each, you know, they have the, uh, their own web page with the level code and screenshots and descriptions, and it's it's really cool. Um, the the levels are also like pretty well done. We'll link to it in the blog post for this episode if anyone wants to check it out. But like something like that's really cool and is a good workaround of this problem. But then you still have to enter all those codes versus like. If they had the Switch Online app and you're on your phone looking at these courses, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Like, it would be so much easier. But at least, like, some fans are getting creative about it. Um, lack of level saving aside, though, it's a good update from Nintendo. It's a real, it's a solid update, especially considering it's free. Uh, and the timing's pretty smart on their part, too, because, like, Mario Maker 2, that's been out since, what, June? And minus uh, the fan-demanded online play-with-friends thing, we haven't heard a peep about post-release updates at all like mario maker one had constant support but it felt like two was just it felt like two was part of like the same weird dlc curse that all mario games on switch seem to have like super mario party no dlc mario odyssey no dlc um no post release support whatsoever it seems like nintendo's like with mario like nah those games sell fine we don't need to do anything and it felt like I mean, they're kind of right which kind of sucks they are kind of right that's the thing like mario party is this one of the best selling mario parties ever super mario party odyssey is like the third best-selling game on the Switch in the U.S. or something like that, like, total. Like, it's doing fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seemed like... And it seemed like when they're them saying, like, hey, you know, it's outpacing the sales of the first one, we don't need to do anything. And that's before even having its first holiday season. It's like, I don't know, are they really just not going to do it? So it was nice that they, at the very last second, were like, surprise, here's DLC. And to do it right in the middle of the holidays was extremely smart on their part because, obviously, you know, good opportunity to boost sales... Everyone's covering it. It's a big crossover with Zelda. So, like, strategically, I see what they're doing here. They're, that, that's clever. Um, yeah. So that's kind of Mario Maker 2. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But that, that strategy, actually, of updating things, you sort of alluded to this earlier, 
Angel. They did the same thing with Switch Online and its new NES and Super Nintendo games, where they just write smack in the middle of the holidays, like, hey, um, you know we have this online service. Here's a couple of reasons you should pay attention to it. But I don't think everyone was on board with those reasons. Yeah, give me a reason to be upset. So there are six games, for those who don't know. Um, they are on the Super Nintendo side, Star Fox 2, Kirby Superstar, Breath of the Fire 2, and Super Punch-Out!, on the NES side, we're getting smaller fare in the form of uh, an RPG called Crystallis. Two games you've never and, heard of. Yeah, and a run-and-gun game I've never heard of called uh, Journey to Silius. You've heard of the first one? Yeah. Huh. But I don't really know why they... I mean, I don't... Well, what's your beef with it, Angel? You go first, because you, you said you were upset by it. Oh, they thought they didn't give me any good games? Really? You love, <laughs> you love Punch-Out. Yeah, but I don't want to play it. I want to play Donkey Kong Country. So it's not that they didn't give you good games, they didn't give you the right game. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, whatever I still I still have yet to get Donkey Kong Country as well. Yeah. At all? Have you never played Donkey Kong Country? No. Oh, yeah, I, I had on the Switch. Oh, well, of course you haven't gotten it. If he hasn't gotten it, it's the same service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our. That's, that's our deal. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Just the way you said it, it's like you could have made the choice. Or, <laughs> like it tells like, do you want Donkey Kong? You're like, you know what? I think I'm okay. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, is it basically at this point for you like it has to be one of the Kongs or nothing? Like, if they did Super Mario RPG, or if they did... I mean, that, that's the thing about, like, this kind of service. It's extremely subjective. Yeah. They can't just put games out and be like, cool, everyone's happy, we gave them some games. It's like, right. no, it's like... I've played enough Punch-Out to not really care about the older Punch-Outs that I'm just like... They, like and I've played Kirby Superstar, like, to death already. I already beat it on the Super Nintendo. I beat it on Kirby Superstar Ultra. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, the lineup is like, they might as well just not have released anything, as far as, like, I'm concerned. But it's just like that's so severe. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's different for everybody. You either care about the games or you don't. That's literally that's it. That's fair. No Kirby yeah. Superstar. No, like I just said, I know, I, yeah. I know. So, uh, so like I mean, there's no real answer for me to give. They just have to put out some games that catch my eye. It doesn't necessarily. I guess my question was, what else DK... besides Donkey Kong would make you happy? Well, that's the thing. I don't know because I've mm. already played every Super Nintendo game I care to play. I've already played to death either on my Super Nintendo. Final Fantasy Six. Actually, yeah, I'd be interested in any of the Final Fantasies because I've never really played those, and mm. I've now come to the point where I want to go back and try. I know Capcom I'd be, has I'd their cool version. With, I'd be cool with Chrono Trigger because I've never played that. Capcom um, has their own version called Breath of Fire, which is part of the service. I don't know what I'm trying. If to they brought Chrono Trigger, that'd be dope, especially if it was just the original release and not some of those whack like the, releases that like they the, keep releasing. Yeah, no, the, the ones with all the versions. issues. Yeah, like come on. I, I will. Yeah, so that just like, actually, no, I don't the, trust. The, I don't trust them to put. The, uh, any of the Final Fantasy games back on there. Actually, <laughs> if if it were the SNES versions, which they most likely would be, right? They would, uh, they would be. They're not going to do a later Honestly, port. Oh, then yeah. Bring Chrono Trigger and all the Final Fantasy games. Sorry. I'd be okay with waiting longer if they would just dump out like 20 games at once. So let me ask you just this. Just to make it let me less painful whenever a game isn't well, something I'm interested in. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to be as selfish in a second with one of my complaints here, but... um. So you'd rather people can't play anything until you can play no. more thing than to just have them piecemeal it? Did you not hear what I said? You'd rather they wait longer and include more games. No, I said as far as I'm concerned, like it, does, it just doesn't matter. Like I don't care what they're doing. Like it's just like another month that I'm just gonna ignore the. Sure. That. You were just saying you'd rather wait longer, but it's not the same as what you're doing. Except I mean, I guess I, I guess I am yeah. waiting longer. Yeah, but I, I'm equally selfish because let me tell you why I'm selfish about this. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Star Fox 2 joining the lineup. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I, on, on one level, it's super cool because it's a piece of Nintendo history that was buried so long ago for so long. So it's nice to see it reaching, like, a broader audience uh, for that reason alone. Like, even if the game is only okay, it's cool that people can actually experience it in mass. Because 
like, I think I described it when we talked about it on this uh, Super Nintendo Classic as it kind of felt like a first draft of a lot of Star Fox's later ideas. Like, uh, all range mode came in in 64, but was here. Uh, the strategy it style, literally was a first draft of it, all Basically. Yeah. But yeah, and like the strategy, uh, real-time strategy map of Star Fox Command started here. Uh, but, but here's the selfish part. I kind of like that this long-lost game was only available in an official capacity on the SNES Classic. Like, I, I know not everyone got one. I realize, that and that's why you're wrong. I know I understand that, uh, and I don't you're mean that anyone person. else should limit their access to it. But what I'm saying is, like, the idea of having this little mini Super Nintendo that's full of all these things, including the only way to experience a super high-profile canceled game, kind of made that little Super Nintendo feel a little more special and neat. Like, it made it more interesting. It made it like it kind of hammered it home. The idea of it being a collector's item, obviously. Nothing changes with the Super Nintendo now that Star Fox 2 is out, except my perception of it. But it just... I'm being silly, I'm being selfish, but I just kind of like that the only way to play this long-lost piece of Nintendo history was on this tiny little thing that existed for a tiny period of time. And now it's just like any other game. And that's I realize I'm yeah, very that, selfish. Yeah, that's, that's I'm saying I'm being selfish. selfish. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know I'm being on. selfish. I'm just saying there's part of me that's just like, oh, it was cool, and it was like tied to this thing. Oh. I understand I'm why Was it not. cool when it tied... Because like you said, yeah. it was an okay game at best. No, but it's cool that this piece of Nintendo history had like this limited release. It's like special. That's even worse. <laughs> no, like I, I this thing <laughs> that nobody experienced, only a fraction of people uh, who were who I'm, probably uh, be into uh, this are getting to experience no, uh, the I, mediocrity. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I'm being selfish. Oh, you didn't experience this mediocre Star Fox game? I, oh, I, oh, too bad. No, I'm not. Well, I'm I get to. <laughs> Well, I don't even mean just. I don't even have to. Own. I'm just saying the idea of like there's this thing from Nintendo history, and there's only like this limited means to access it. I mean, you think gives I... more of the mythos back to it that it's losing. No, which mm. I'm again not saying. I, it I don't makes think it sense. takes. I don't think it takes away any of the mythos because it was lost media as far as like the US was concerned, like for a long time. Like the history is yeah. still there. Yeah, but it's just to be like, oh well. If anything, it, it oh, was well, Nintendo, I'm a piece Nintendo, of hardware that anything, I can if resell if on anything, eBay it, for a. Well, I want people doing dollars, that. Like, again, again, I started this by saying it's good they're expanding it to everyone. Um, like, it's good people can experience it, and I know I'm being selfish. I, there's something kind of needed. I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make you any less of a horrible person, though. Oh, I, I started by saying I mean, I'm selfish. I, I mean, at least what I'm I said not is like, I'm horrible. <laughs> I mean, at least what I said is just like I'd rather just them like do like a lump sum of. I don't know, games for everybody. At least, that, I mean, at, least, at least it's potentially something everyone will potentially like instead of just like something that. But why? Why, I mean, I mean, why hold delay on. Hold on. other so, people's joy for your joy? Because they wouldn't have known that delay if it was delayed. My thing with you that, is, that is like, what they're doing, by the way, because now they're doing everything. I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's the best idea. That was just kind of like yeah. the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. It's like, like I would have rather what them have like Kevin? 20 well, games. I would have been like, all right, at least we got 20 games, even if I don't care about any of them. But now it's a six. Theoretically, we used to get two a month. Or I know. Three. Now we're getting still, eight, yeah. six. So somehow they somehow they made six still feel like it sucks because it's not what you want. My thing with what you're saying, it's like. Okay, you didn't get the games that you wanted this month. So no one should get anything. No, hold on, hold on. Okay. No? What, what I'm saying is, it's like, you would rather wait, let's say, six months after the, the service launch. We get Donkey Kong Country. Oh, no. I'm right? saying... No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let's say... Let's say, let's, Kevin in let's, say, let's say that's what happens. <laughs> okay. Six months from now, you get Donkey Kong Country. Let's say we just didn't get anything for six months. Or let's say we got... Nothing for six months, and then we got a bunch of games with Donkey Kong Country. Isn't that the same as 
we're getting a bunch of games that you don't care about, and then on month six, you finally get Donkey Kong Country? Isn't that the same thing? Not really, because yeah. every single time they release one of those games, it just kind of reminds me, like, oh, this is, like, it didn't get released this time. All right, maybe the next time. Maybe next week. Oh, man. It didn't come out. All right, maybe next okay, week. I, I really okay, want I can, Donkey Kong Country. I, can, I, can get, oh, okay. God damn I understand, I understand his thinking now. And, and then it's like six months later, like, oh, my God, we finally got, instead of just like, all right, well, they're not releasing anyway. It's just out of my mind completely. Like, I'm not even thinking about the app. I'm just playing Smash Bros. or whatever. And then they're like, oh, we're going to get NES games. And that's all the video. Oh, cool. We got six. So, oh, in the same right. way that I was rambling about my selfish thing. No, it, um, question. Oh, terrible. I we're quit. horrible people. Question. I'm kidding. Couldn't you just go play it on your 3DS while you wait? Like, what? I want to play it on my TV. Hold yeah. on. Now or on I'm your back super, on this Or on your on Super Nintendo. Don't you have a Super Nintendo somewhere? In yeah, there? but... I'm or on your Super Nintendo. Like, you have means to the end. You I mean, could play it in the internet. You can also play uh, Star Fox 2 on your little box, <laughs> by the way, that some people Correct. don't get That's the, my whole point. No. Don't get the... <laughs> and again, no, I, I, I prefaced it, and I need to say it again. I'm glad they're expanding it. There's just a little piece of me that's like, I felt special, and now I don't, which is super selfish, and I'm not denying that. But, yeah, like, couldn't, you have ways to play it. So mm, the not, sting not, of them saying, like, oh, well, you have to wait another month. shouldn't be that strong when you can be like, all right, I guess I could dig it out if I really care. Which means you don't really care that much. You just don't like not getting your No, game. my Super Nintendo isn't really accessible anymore. And if I want to... I mean, I'm playing it right now, but I want to play it on a big TV. He only has so many HDMI ports. I know, same. I'm in the same boat. I have all my consoles lined up and from back N64 up. I mean, I would love to be able to like take snapshots and like record some like stuff from it. I'd love right. to be able to... So every time Nintendo do does like... it... So every time Nintendo releases not it, it just pains you versus you just kind of brushing it off, essentially. Well, I mean, well, DK... Donkey Kong Country is, like, the big one. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, other games, like you mentioned. Like, I didn't even think about Final Fantasy, but that would have been, like, a nice game to get. Or Chrono Trigger. Or, like, it's a lot of right, no, that, that's fair. Really. I mean, it just, like, it was just a small number, and a lot of them were games we've gotten in pretty much every generation of... Really? Yeah. Kirby? Star Fox, this is only the second time, as we just went over. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, Kirby, game... yes. Breath of Fire 2, I don't think has been out since the Virtual Console. Yeah, get... And two games that did not fit that bill that we've never heard of, we don't care about because we've never heard of, but are exactly what you're talking about, which are games we've never gotten before. Yeah, so it's kind of there's no right answer to this. I know. Not, yeah, that's what I said. It's like yeah. literally, as far as I'm concerned, because yeah, it doesn't matter. Every for everyone is different. This could have been like right. someone's like DKC. Like all six of them could have been DKC equivalents. The, the only takeaway from this is I'm a horrible person for wanting to keep Star Fox Two to myself. That's really yes. the only takeaway from this. Yes. <laughs> but for okay. those who want to experience Star Fox Two on a not physical device and on your Switch. Uh, Isn't the Switch some, a physical device? I meant not the physical <laughs> Super Nintendo. No, the Switch is all in your head. It's all in your head. No, but um, December 12th is when all this comes out, is what I was getting at. You're right, it is a physical device. That was a weird choice of words on my part. For anyone who doesn't want to pay an arm and a leg on eBay, there. I almost drove two hours for an SNES Classic just because I want to play Super Mario World, and then thank my lucky stars that the Nintendo Direct came out that, hey, we're adding the SNES online. <laughs> Wait, how late into the game were you playing a Super Nintendo Classic? Oh, like like I just said, like a week before they announced oh, so that. You're, that like, you're already like a year yeah, out was, of the. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I got God. mine at launch, I think, and have played it a handful of times. I'm not surprised. <laughs> like it, it is nice to have it on the Switch. Like I get the convenience of the Switch. Like I play Mario World on the Switch, not on my. Oh, Super yeah, Nintendo. anything on the Switch is super convenient. I know. Hmm. I know. But anyway, um, the whole Super Nintendo game and, and us being uh, me mostly being awful uh, is a bit of a tangent, really. The the big theme this episode was crossovers, and you know Mario Maker Two obviously is the the prime example with Link. But I don't know if there's something in the water these past few weeks or what. But it feels like there's just crossovers left and right, like weird ones. We kind of rattled some of them off at the top of the show, but like the most random probably is Damon X Machina X The Witcher Three. 
like so like in japan at least they've been doing crossovers with animes like uh code geas is that you saying it geas geas yeah and uh yeah and and eureka 7 both of which kind of make sense because they involve technology and robots and things like that so i get why demon x machina would have those characters and mechs and stuff in it but the witcher that's like putting frodo in transformers it's so random (laughs) not necessarily a bad thing it's just like really random so what you get if you own Damon X Machina are two new character skin sets, one of uh, basically one of each character, and it's all cosmetic. And while it's kind of weird, it sort of works. Like the overall aesthetic kind of oddly fits, as conceptually strange as it is. I, I mean, have you guys seen the footage or anything? It's it's strange, but I just saw a handful of screenshots. It kind of works. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think like. I just don't understand why this happened. Like, all I can think of is that it's a marketing move for Japan. Because, like, here, or in general, a game like, I don't know, Xenoblade Chronicles or Gundam or something would be a more natural fit for Damon X Machina, since robots. But, uh, I don't know, maybe Nintendo wants to give Witcher 3 a boost in Japan. Like, here in the West, the game uh, on Switch, the complete edition, did well enough that CD Projekt Red, they were saying in their third quarter revenue report, sales were up 38% year-over-year, or revenue was up 38% year-over-year. Thanks in part to the Switch version of Witcher, so that's right. You didn't buy it. I know. You bought the PS4 version. Yeah, for five bucks. You did not help them, <laughs> but um, but you got the better looking version. Of you the did game. get the better looking version, but that's what's actually kind of interesting. For five um, bucks, how much is the Switch version? Uh, fifth. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not, <laughs> not five dollars, and it came with all the DLC too. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what? You know what though? Think about <laughs> think about the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that Switch version. A lot did. I was actually just reading this on VentureBeat the other day. Like, there's... I'm sure, yeah. The amount of dev work is, like, it's more than you would think. It's not just simply pouring I know, it over. It's not, it's not putting it into, like, a, a handbrake nice. equivalent and drop the file in there, yeah, convert no. to... <laughs> no, they dr- dropped down switch. So, so Saber Interactive <laughs> did that. That's how they started. They poured it over as is, and the game uh, ran at a whopping 10 frames per second. It was 20 gigs bigger That's than what the That's not bad. Cr- Hold on. 10 frames <laughs> a second for that game on the Switch is not, not that bad. bad. But it required 50% more memory than the Switch had, and the cartridge was tw- uh, the, the file size was 20 gigs bigger than the cartridge. Okay, so nobody was going to be able to play that Correct. version regardless. So okay. Then okay. But then they're like, okay, well, what if we just turn off the most stuff we can? So they turned off uh, dynamic shadowed lights. They got rid of uh, screen space ambient oculation. I don't even know what that means. Uh, even, even on PC, you, you want to take that off. Occlusion, sure. That is and they FPS cut killer. down the number of NPCs by 30%, so the world was just empty. And then they're like, nope, this is no longer The Witcher. It's missing a ton of stuff. So then they had to go back and get creative and completely rebuild the Shadow Engine from the ground up. They did an entirely different set of uh, basically techniques and algorithms and stuff that would mirror what the old system did but do it with less like weight, I guess you could say. Then they had to change the way the clothes I made. Then they had to change how the grass was rendered. Then they had to redo all oh, the wow. trees. And then they had to do all these other odd they little basically remade the game. And they basically remade the game from the ground up so that they could sell it for 60 or 50 bucks and have you go buy it on PS4 for 5 Well, I bought I know, it, you, I bought it, it before it was announced. Yeah, and, uh, but it goes to show you, like, honestly, that, like, porting, especially on Switch, um, you know, like, uh, any less powerful system, like, it's really not as easy as it seems and can often require a lot more work than you would think. And, like, we always are like, oh, why is it not poor this? Why is it not poor that? How come this game's taking so long? Why is, like, you know, why did game X or Y come out six months after the other versions? Why is Elder Scrolls Blades delayed till 2020, even though it's a mobile game port? And you start to realize, like, there's a lot in there. Iron Galaxy has been wanting to port Monster Hunter World to Switch. Really? Whoa, yeah. That'd be crazy. 
I forgot. Do you think they could pull? I mean, they've done some good ports. Uh, Them and Saber Adam, and Adam Boys is confident that Iron Galaxy can uh, can port it. That's impressive because yeah, yeah, Them, Saber Interactive, and there's another one I'm blanking out on. Yeah, Not, Panic Button. Yeah, Panic Button. Yeah. Those are the three that are like the kings of porting on Switch, and everything they do is quality work. So, Andrew, would you double dip on Monster Hunter World if it came to Switch? No, because of the people I would be playing with. What if they also decide to double dip? Would you collectively all double dip? It wouldn't work out because it if Elvis double yeah, dip, then the I can't switch. play with him on the same Switch. Plus, he's already like beating the game, so right. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's it's still crazy to think about. Like that's a massive game. Two years old. Yeah, I am. I imagine like on some level, the reason, for example, that Damon X Machina is doing this crossover is because like The Witcher Three. They put a lot of energy into a lot of effort into it. Came out well. Nintendo seems to want to promote it, so it's a bit of a profile boost by doing that and kind of rewarding the quality of the product. And I wouldn't be surprised, like, if I had to guess, you know, as more it's stuff like Monster World, Monster World, Monster Hunter World happens, and whatever. <laughs> Monster World. If Monster World happens, Monster Boy and Monster World happens. No, but if if any of that happens, I wouldn't be surprised. If Nintendo does similar sort of like all the branches to those companies just to help get the word out. The same way they support Skyrim in a more uh, direct way with marketing and that sort of stuff, because like, you know. We're at the point where the Switch is selling itself just fine, and we're at the point where a lot of third parties want to get on there anyway. But anything they can do to keep that train going, like you might as well, right? Because um, ultimately, and this is really the well duh statement of the episode, like crossovers, their greatest purpose is marketing tools. So, you know, the more crossovers they do, the better. Like you, you see it, like you know, this week for example, Shovel Knight music is in just beats and uh, just shapes and beats. And if you're a fan of Shovel Knight, you're slightly more likely or Maybe a little, maybe 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 not to buy <laughs> or at least consider. You would consider this game just shapes and beats, which is a really good rhythm game that you would not consider if Shovel Knight wasn't there because maybe you never heard of it. It's like there's obviously a reason that they're doing these things. Or like if you look at Nintendo's mobile games, um, they're kind of mirroring The Witcher in Damon X Machina by taking something futuristic and techy and mixing it with something fantastical, but they're flipping it. So for drag for Dragalia Lost Mega Man will be is currently in Dragalia Lost, which is also random yeah. in a way. It doesn't really make sense. But so it does, it does. I did some research on this. It does make sense because uh, the next chapter of Dragalia Lost story introduces androids and robots. Apparently this ancient world oh, so they made androids it make and robots. They All made right, it make yeah. sense. But okay. yeah, in a nutshell, like what this event is is you get Mega Man on your team. He has his own moves, you know, like the, the Mega Buster, the charge shot, he has a slide. Uh, he explodes into bits when he dies, you know, just like normal Mega Man. Um, and then there's a new weapon that gives Mega Buster abilities to any character you want. Um, yeah, it's like fully Mega Man in the game. And it seems like this one is as much for Dragalia Lost itself as it is for Mega Man. Well, not really. Mega Man doesn't need the word out about him. He's not a new character. No one's like, who's this Mega Man fellow? Like, that's pretty established. But Dragalia is an interesting spot for Nintendo because, you know, they've got titles like Mario Kart Tour, which we talk about almost every episode in some capacity now. Uh, Apple just announced most downloaded iOS game of 2019 is Mario Kart Tour in the world. So Nintendo doesn't need anything for that. But then you got mm. <laughs> yeah, right. But then you've got um, Dragalia Lost, which is like a new IP. It's it doesn't bring in the money that Fire Emblem Heroes does, but it's on that path. And if they can give it more of a profile boost, then it could bring in that much money. Um, so like, it's I don't know if Mega Man's going to be the thing that like... I don't know if he alone will be the thing but they previously did one with Fire Emblem Heroes now they're doing one with Mega Man I suspect more are coming and I suspect it's an attempt to attract different Sonic types Man, of before Sonic does it. or something because I know Sonic is already like summoning heroes or something he was like the bonus I don't know like that game is just one of those like 
summon like a bunch of creatures and yeah. And what, what you're interesting about it is so the guys they develop Dragalia with, like Psy Games or whatever your name is, um, they are known in their other mobile games for doing a ton of crossovers. So that's probably where this is coming from. But it's interesting if you look at like when they did Fire Emblem Heroes, that was in a gotcha system. So you you open Dragalia and you go to your gotcha and you could get Crom or anyone else from Fire Emblem Heroes. That's cool, I guess, for mobile gamers. Like, they're used to that system, that's fine. What's interesting about Mega Man is this seems almost like an appeal to the more traditional gamers on consoles, where it's like, oh, you know this character? He's in this new thing. Come check it out. And don't worry, he's not in a gotcha. You all just get him from the start. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what the next character will be and who they're going to go after with that. Is there, like, a third audience? Are they going to keep alternating between the two? Because, you know, it's a good way to boost the profile of a game. Um, what, what I don't know is why it was Mega Man in particular. Like, sure, they have androids and stuff, but, like, you, Nintendo could have done a first party like they did with Fire Emblem. Like, it didn't have to be Mega Man, per se. I mean, they could have done... If they wanted to keep it somewhat fantastical, it could have done Zelda. If they wanted to get a little sci-fi, it could have done Xenoblade. Uh, they could have gone all the way with Metroid or Star Fox. Like, I don't know how they settled on Mega Man. And I don't know how Capcom got involved or what Capcom's cut of this is or what... I guess Mega Man's hanger... Is Mega Man having a renaissance? I know Eleven just came out, and there's rumors that they're bringing back Battle Network. Wait, did it just come out? Well, like a year ago, but it just it sold a million. Wait, not Eleven. Don't you mean Twelve? Eleven. Because Ten and Eleven oh, were the NES. Twelve. Remake. No, Eleven. Yeah. No, you're right. No, Nine and Ten. Nine and Ten. Yeah, yeah, Eleven came out last October, and has since sold a million. They're supposedly coming out with a Battle Network game for smartphones ne- next year. Uh, there's a movie apparently in the works. Like I guess they're at the start. I mean, it had a TV show. I don't know if the show is still I, going. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, charged up or whatever it was. Apparently, called. it's better than it looks, but it's not saying much. But yeah, like I don't know where, why Mega Man, but I mean, maybe it's maybe sometimes just wackier or least expected collaborations do better. Like the weirder the mashup, the better. That's what I think. Think because like there was a you, you actually Angel just shared that. Obviously, this isn't real. But it got some traction online, the uh, Godzilla and Smash Bros. video that you tweeted. Not that you tweeted, but that you retweeted or shared or whatever you did. Um, it's going around, and I think that's the type of thing where it's just like, well, this is really random, and it gets attention. And I imagine Mega Man's kind of the same in Dragalia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Godzilla just... How, if, if, how if, would if, that if, work? Let's, let's, let's well, dive into that. <laughs> well, no, but like, even if... um. Like, even if I didn't care about Godzilla, which I obviously definitely really like Godzilla, mm-hmm. like, I still would have, like, really enjoyed that video just because, like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. He's not a right. video game character. He's not... He's had video games. I guess that's, like, somehow some people argue the whole Goku. Like, oh, he could make it in. He's gotten, like... Right. He probably has more games in, or as many games as probably more than... More, most of the Nintendo cast. But, um... I don't know. Musa was just really funny. Just referenced, like, a lot of his old movies, which was great. I mean, it's definitely more of a, like... Well, you could tell, like, a real Godzilla fan made that moveset. Right. Like, that Final Smash. Oh, my God. That was What was his beautiful. Final Smash again? I mean... It, it's just, it's a Skybeam, you know? Like, heck, he does in, like, in the movie oh, posters yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. But, more specifically, it's um, what he does towards the middle of Shin Godzilla, where... It's, like, before that point, he hadn't shot out his beam... And he kind of like ducks down just like he does in the trailer. He shoots out like a bunch of what looks like gas, and then it starts com- and they starts combusting the gas, and then it destroys like most of the city. And then all of a sudden, it just starts getting more concentrated and concentrated. Then it makes that high pitched noise, which they also brought into the trailer. And then he just starts swinging that around. And then he also starts shooting it from the tail. I don't think they did the tail, but I mean, it's definitely a very like 
awesome moment where you're like, oh my god, that's the right. theme from Shin Godzilla. I mean, right. it was the Shin Godzilla model too. But... And this was in Brawl, right? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It, yeah, it was Project M. Oh, no wonder. For anyone who has who has no idea what we're talking about, we'll link to the video in the blog post. But it, it's pretty like yeah, definitely yeah. just watch the the part where they show the character. Like I, I watched the full video where they try to do like a whole, you know, like when Smash Bros. reviews the character, they have like a CG cutscene. Right. Like there's like an animated like animated and source filmmaker that's like mm-hmm. Valve's animation software that they just put out there for free mm-hmm. only on PCs, which kind of sucks. But yeah, that. It's just weird and random. Like, it almost has nothing to do with Godzilla until, like, the very end. And it's literally, like, you have Captain Falcon fighting Ridley. Ridley steals, like, a letter, like, the smash envelope. Then Ridley's flying around like a like, like a hummingbird, like, fighting the Star Fox Armada. Still had nothing to do with Godzilla. And then at some point, you just see, like, a break room with different Godzillas. And, like, the Godzilla from the 1999 film, the one with Matthew Broderick, I think his name is. Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, Villa. Like, he's just kind of spinning around in place, just like, you know, because, like, that's what they did with him. Mm-hmm. And then the letter just, like, slaps Shingon in the face, and then the trailer just starts. Hmm. So, yeah, I just skipped all that. It's based on Shin Godzilla? Yeah. But, yeah, like, that sort of random thing, like, I feel like not to that extent, but Mega Man's kind of that. Like, what? Why? And then you pay attention. Yeah, at least both of them are like, all right, he's a video game character. But, yeah, it's still weird. But, bare, like... It's like, yeah. The only one that'd be weirder if it's they put Pac-Man. What do you mean, barely a video game character? He's no, like, but like, more not video game character. Yeah, but I mean, he's like an old, like traditional old school video game character. He's still around, but it's the old Mega Man that they're using. I know. And the only thing that could be more random. In there, they should put Pac-Man. That would have been super random. And Pac-Man's collaborating with everyone right now. He has like a clothing line. He has a Timex watch. Yes, he personally, Mister Mister Man. He has uh, all sorts of a champion sportwear line. Pac-Man and Mega Man were both in Street. Fighter Cross Tekken, another crossover. Yeah, Mac Pac Man was piloting like a wooden mech of swords. Yeah, and Project like... X Zone, weren't they both in that too? No, because it was Namco, Capcom, and Sega. Why would they not be in there? Because they only picked like the humanoid people. Oh, they did. Yeah, weird. Like Phoenix Wright was in there, but Sonic wasn't in that. Interesting. And Sonic wasn't in the Project Crossover with Sonic. Wait, yeah, with Sega. Right. I mean, we have the game right there. You can look at the cover. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Project Cross. It, it, I keep calling it Project X Zone because it's a giant X. Yeah, it's just, it's just like all the you know, the humanoid people. I mean, I think Mega Man might be in there. I don't remember, but I mean, I know Elvis is the one that played him. Right. He sequel. gave impressions years ago on the podcast for it. I yeah. I mean, it looks cool. It's a right. combo game, but yeah, they picked not the fantastical characters for that. It is interesting to see, like, the ebbs and flows of crossover. Like, there's definitely, like, peaks and valleys where crossovers are super in, and then there's a while where they don't really do any, or, like, they'll do something random, like, oh, look, it's The Witcher and Soul Calibur, and you're like, okay, I kind of get that. But then they're also like, oh, look, it's The Witcher and David X. Machina, and you're like, I don't get that, but okay. Like, when does the Netflix uh, series come out? Uh, it's out. Or no, it comes out next week. They, did, they, huh? did, they did the uh, launch event for it here in LA a couple days ago. Like, watch the, the episode and cut to our impressions. I've only played, like, the first I have two never hours of played Witcher. The Witcher, so... Maybe three. But yes, it should be out this month sometime. So I might be able to only get the I got first episode. Maybe, maybe about ten hours in, and there was a quest that I failed, and it's not like where you and was can... it like screw this game. After yeah, that? because because <laughs> you continue the game, it's not like a game oh, over. It just keeps oh, going. It was like, oh, I can't do this. And there's a little tab that says <laughs> quest fail. Fail, like, You're a failure. Yeah, failed quest. And I was like, I can't live with this, and just <laughs> never played The Witcher again. Wow. But you can watch the bad show game design. Man, no. Bad game design. Yeah, <laughs> but um. On the yeah, what would they do? Uh, we can make it more real, man. Make it more real. Yeah, that, that, that's literally why it's yeah. 
It's like in life, you don't get a do-over. You don't get hit restart. You don't hit a pause menu on life, man. You keep going. That's why I play video games to escape real life. But then video games want to be real life, too. I know, yeah. yeah. You want to have both sometimes. Video games help you escape reality by letting you live in a reality they don't live in. Yeah. But sometimes that reality is just as bad as your reality. Just fantastic. Like when you were playing The Witcher... Like, did you expect it to be, like, the kind of game where it's like, all right, I'm going to beat all these quests on my first try because I know it doesn't do that? Or, like, you know, like any other game where you expect to be able to... I, to get the I, yeah, I expected to, like, do all the side quests and stuff like that, and then I failed it. It was like, oh, no, and I can't restart? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Could you not just load your last save point? No, because... Uh... The game doesn't believe in saves. Yeah. It's like real life. <laughs> it, it auto-saves? I mean, I guess you can save scum, yeah. but I wasn't save scumming, so... The game like auto saved as soon as that. Well, you call it scum. Quest. I can see why you wouldn't. It it's, gives it very negative. I mean that's that's the that's the term that everybody uses. Safe yeah, coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't never heard that term, but it makes sense. You no, I, I, I have heard it. I've just refused. Safe scum. I've heard. Um, oh, you never heard. Yeah, I've heard. Um, I forgot. I already forgot what the other term was. I got safe rotate, scum from uh, rotate my saves or something. XCOM. Because I would safe scum a lot, and it ruined the game for me, honestly. Don't see oh, yeah, it takes away all. Yeah, the, you're pretty much doing like the perfect the run. Yeah, it takes away like, I was like, no, I can't have this. My soldier die. Let me just. <laughs> it was yeah. very hard to resist when I beat Mario World for the show a couple months ago, and we did the Mono and Mario episode. It was very hard to resist just opening switch the switches rewind function, and just undoing, so I could just get through it faster. Mm-hmm. I did resist because, but it was very hard to resist. <laughs> like I, I tried it once. I'm like. Oh, this feels bad. Oh, I'm not, not doing that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the accessibility of that sort of thing just makes it very difficult to... I mean, it depends on what you care about. If you're just experiencing it for a story, who cares? You can just keep going. Or but you're if playing you're... Super Ghosts and Goblins, which that game needs the rewind feature <laughs> sure, because yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, I mean, at game. the end of the day, too, like, I mean, if it's Super Ghosts and Goblins, or I guess, to a lesser extent, Mario, um, I mean, you still have to do that jumpy stuff to get past that point. Yeah. So it's not like... I mean, yeah, for Ghosts and Goblins, like, they're like... There's only like one save point in each stage, which is just really brutal. Well, it's it's fine because like I you I, so the speed runs with with Mario Maker two, um, the ninja speed run. So what I noticed I was doing is every time I speed <laughs> like, up, are you proud you wasted two hours beating that one level instead of like the ten minutes I guess just from doing it in one? Well, level? well, well, what I was gonna say is like, well, I mean, I I guess do, if, if you... I missed the first jump, so I knew I had to land the first jump, get on top of a block, jump off a, a spike, and keep going like a spike character, not not a spike, um, and. Every time I screwed up the jump, even a hair, start over, start over, start over. There's a video on my Switch, maybe I'll tweet it, it's kind of funny, where it's like, in like 16 seconds, I restart like four times. Because it's kind of like the same thing as the rewind, except oh, yeah. luckily it was only at the beginning. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things, it depends on what you want to do that with the sense. game. If you're trying to achieve something, sometimes the rewind helps, I guess. If you're just trying to get through it, sometimes the rewind helps. But if you want to like actually like feel like you accomplished something, then the rewind's really scummy. Yeah, yeah. which is why I didn't You know what game needs the work. rewind? The Witcher 3. <laughs> I could take back those 30 seconds where I accidentally killed the person that I needed to defend, which made me fail that quest. And You know what series needs a rewind? Check out this transition. You know what series needs a rewind? Super Monkey Ball. Because, like, sure. I've been playing... Let's, no, let's, let's, roll, let's, let's, let's roll along with it. Yeah, 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 let's, yeah. Do it. let's do it. Yeah, so I, I, I uh, have been playing Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. And, uh, well, first of all, it's also a crossover game. Sonic's in it randomly in the most like lazy way to do a crossover. No offense to Sega, which is, hey, here's that one IP of ours. Here's that bigger IP of ours. What if we just put that one in the other one? It won't change anything. Let's just stick him there. So I he's really in liked it. it though. Is he in the it's ball? Cool, it's kind of cool, it, but it's strictly like... cosmetic. Yeah, but I mean, it's cool. It's just point like the. Is I mean, he the... in like the capsule? He's like in the, the ball. ball. Okay. 
But um, it, and it's like instead of IA, it's like a palette swap. It's fine. It's nice. It's a nice odd branch to like Sonic fans to get people interested in it. All the marketing mumbo jumbo is talking I'm about. interested in it. But it's still kind of just like there's nothing to it. It's just like okay. It's a nice surprise. Yeah, you get Sonic in your face the whole time you're playing instead well, of... Well, actually, you get Sonic's butt in your face because he's facing away from you the whole time. Well, game. I mean, if you're doing it right, he's just going to be spinning, so you see a blue ball, I guess. No, you can still see the character inside it. Oh, yeah, but I mean... You can see his butt. All right, I guess you're really focused <laughs> on his butt, I guess. Well, that's, I mean, literally, they emphasize the butts on the monkeys. Like, they're there. Anyway, the point is, so Super Monkey Ball um, is not, like, they... so. Before I launch into it, my barometer here is the original two Super Monkey Balls on GameCube. Those were, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinions, the pinnacle of the series. And I know, I knew going into this one, that's an enhanced port of the lesser Wii version, Banana Bl- uh, I almost said Blast, Banana Blitz. Uh, but, you know, it looked like Sega put actually a good amount of effort into this. They made some things better. There's online leaderboards for the main stages and the mini games. There's, uh, the motion controls are out. There's proper stick controls. Uh, they added a weirdly catchy, but also just really weird theme song, like with lyrics sung by some Japanese folks that have in English, here's, here's a specific real lyric from the song that I had to make sure this was real. Bite a little bit of me. You'll see why. So that exists. Uh, and it, but it seems like, you know, they hired someone to sing that. So clearly, like, they're putting some money and effort into this, and it should be a gooder, a better game than it was. But is it still good enough is the question. And That game has one cardinal sin, and you know which one it is. Maybe. You, monkey target? No. Oh, what? Yeah. No. They added a jump button. Okay, so I'll get to that. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. Actually, you know what? I think oh, that's not the cardinal sin. There's a bigger cardinal sin. Okay. To me, to me, from what I've seen of gameplay, that is the one cardinal sin. You added a jump button to Super Monkey Ball? How dare you? Just no. Like... You know what the cardinal sin is? Well, so, I don't mind the jump button, honestly. Uh, like, the you core, don't. So the core game, like the core story mode, the yeah, core... It's yeah, Marble it barely Madness. Has a, it barely has a story. But the core, you know, maze, Marble Madness situation, it does follow the beats of what works with Monkey Ball. And the jump button doesn't necessarily like you're still tilting stages to make the monkey roll and all that but the button hasn't hindered things too much all they did was come up with some obstacles you know and you go over and that's kind of it yeah but, but at that point like why even have it the the one thing i will say is it does make the whole thing feel a little easier because you just kind of jump past things now so yeah instead like, of having to tilt yourself um, like, and they had it they it had it in this in the original because uh they're trying to promote the waggle of the yeah. week because there's a launch tile so they couldn't just take it out entirely um but what they also added that I think is the cardinal sin uh, is boss fights. And the boss fights in concept aren't a bad idea. Like they introduced some animals on the stages now. It's so like you're, you know, you're going down, you're, you're rolling around and there's like a little bird blowing wind and that's not an obstacle and that's fine. But then there's bigger animals and bigger things as these boss fights and they're, they're not great. I mean, the, the problem is like monkey ball has pretty loose, like roly poly physics. And for boss battles, that just makes it kind of unnecessarily annoying because you, you don't, have the precision you need necessary like a lot of bosses boil down to you need to bop them you need to jump into them jump on them jump on something that then hits them and it just like you're kind of slipping and sliding which makes it a little difficult and then the camera tries to stick to the kind of linear view behind you it has but also is trying to lock on to the boss at the same time so it doesn't really work like you're in, like think of star fox is like all range mode where you suddenly you know you're going into the screen and suddenly you have like 360 degree view it's that but if they forgot to f- free up the camera t- for that 360-degree view. So you can move 360 degrees instead of going down a linear path, and the camera will stick 
to that linear camera angle, even though you have full movement. So there are times you're like trying to track the boss and you just fall off the side because, oh, that side you didn't know was there until like the second you were about to fall and you couldn't react in time. Um, it, it really feels like they shoehorned a game idea into an engine not built for it, which is exactly what they did, I think. Um, like to give an example. So the second boss in the game was a real pain for me because uh, – so he shoots missiles. And you're supposed to deflect them back by jumping on top of the missile. But half the time, because of the physics, you're now jumping into the missile. And then you get hit by a missile, and then you ricochet back, which, whatever. But the problem is the camera's only locked to him, the boss, not the missiles coming at you. So you jump on a missile, the missile, you know, you miss the missile, the missile shoots past you and comes back around. You have no idea where the missile went because the camera's not showing you. There's no camera control. And next thing you know, on your left, there's suddenly a missile hitting you. It just kind of like... It's more frustrating than fun. And and what's funny is I eventually realized that the way to win was to not move at all because then the camera wouldn't go haywire. That's kind of the antithesis of the whole game. The whole game is about constantly like navigating at speeds, high right. and low speeds. Um, and, you know, some some bosses work better than others, to be fair. Um, the one, the ones that stay true, like Monkey Ball's roots, are enjoyable enough. Like there's the third world boss. Um, he You go down a straight path. On that straight path, he's throwing snowball, snowballs at you. You have to navigate around. There's also bumpers on the path that you have to navigate around. So that's like, oh, this is monkey ball. You're going – it's linear. You see the boss at the end. You get to him like, oh, cool. I hit him and then rinse and repeat. Except when you get to the end, suddenly it switches to the 360 view again because what he decides to do is a spinning animation. And then he has to get dizzy. And once he's dizzy, you can then bop him in his belly button because, of course, you, that's what you do. Um, and it that one kind of mostly works because there's not like things coming at you from the left and right. But again – if you're in a 360 view and the camera's locked on him and you're trying to avoid getting hit by his spin, your your camera's facing one way. You're trying to navigate, like, you, the camera's facing right. You're trying to navigate left to kind of go up and around the side. You don't know necessarily where the stage ends and you just fall off. And it's kind of, again, what I realize is if you just don't really move, like if you stay move very slow, it kind of avoids it. But again, it kind of feels... In- like uh antithetical feel, to the game's yeah, concept it feel like yeah super monkey ball. and i i guess you could argue that like you always at some level with monkey ball needed to move slowly like it's very it, like monkey ball's thing was about like uh you know brisk brisk precision i guess you could say but they have a time limit that keeps you kind of moving so there's always a speed you need to go and the bosses don't have a time limit so suddenly what you thought was the slowest quote-unquote you could go is actually nowhere near as slow as you need to go to successfully beat these guys and once you learn that, and once you realize if I just stop or if I just move a centimeter a minute or something like that, the bosses aren't that bad. But when I didn't, it took me a while to pick up on that, and it, it does not feel like monkey ball. But besides that, I actually do like the standard stages. I think they're pretty enjoyable. They do capture the monkey ball vibe, which I have missed since GameCube. Um, yeah, I know a lot of folks like you don't necessarily like the jump button, but I, I didn't find it to be too bad. Um, and and the thing is, there's only, like, one boss every ten stages, so you're still mostly getting a true monkey ball experience. It's just every ten stages, you got to kind of And you have to beat the boss to advance. That's, that's the downside. Yeah. But um, the other kind of downside is they, they did some cool replayability stuff. So they have uh, leadership or leadership leaderboards for every stage, and then there's two medals you can get, one of which is if you just beat all the stages in a world, and you know, 10, and another is if you beat them all in one go without needing to continue ever. So you could fall off, but if you run out of lives, that you don't get that medal. What's cool is they have that replayability. What's not cool is uh, you have to beat the boss to get the second medal, the more elaborate. So that kind of takes some, some stuff away from it. Um, the other half of the game, that's only half the game, 
The other half of the game are the mini games, of course, which for reasons unclear to me, went from 50-ish in the original Banana Blitz to 10 in the remake. And then I'm like, oh, that must mean they picked the 10 best. And those are the ones that are just, yeah, they're going to pedal them out, they're going to redo them, it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ten. I don't know what they did. Uh, if, oh. these are, if these are the best, I like, I oh, don't know. All right. Well, uh, I, they, maybe they're the best, which says, uh, I don't know what about the other 40, but here's, here's the thing. Like, 10 numbers between one yeah, and 50. And then they're like, this is the one. No. And, and the problem is, again, like the main game, there's good ideas that are just like mared down or marred down or however you say that by weird choices. Like the good idea here is like, there's two that are really good. That I really like. One's called um, – actually, before I even get to that, I should say the good idea of mini-games as a whole is that they have this thing called the Decathlon now. And it's this cool concept where you play all the mini-games back-to-back, and then you have a universal catch-all high score that goes on the leaderboards. It's what the Mario-thon in Super Mario Party tries to be, but better done. Because Mario-thon, you do some mini-games, you put a high score up, but they shuffle the mini-games. There's 10 they choose from. There's five you get to – play in any given round and there's like 50 in mario or 100 in mario party as a whole right this one at least for the decathlon they give you all the games available and you're guaranteed the same order and the same games that can actually work to like improve your score on those and not get caught in like a weird shuffle mode of sorts so that they're doing right but the mini games yeah same problem the good ones um that were i guess introduced in the original banana blitz and are still good here uh there's two that jumped out to me one is called seesaw ball it's basically pachinko mixed with side-scrolling 2D monkey balls. So you have, like, seesaws, and your little okay, monkey's yeah, on them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, no. Yeah. Imagine it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can tilt the seesaws, and then he'll slide different ways. and can collect bananas as you go down, and you can affect how he goes along the way. The other one is called Dangerous Route, and this is also kind of a riff on the main game. It's a top-down monkey ball. So you're controlling – what's different here is you're controlling the ball, not the stage tilt, but you're still on a little winding pass top-down. There's a little arrow showing you which way you're rolling at any given second that's kind of in front of him, and then you just need to reach the end. But what's kind of cool is like not only is it top-down a little different, but the inertia is slightly different too, so it actually has different physics, which makes it different enough from regular monkey ball. That's kind of like a nice extra, but still familiar enough that it meshes. Um, but the rest – yeah, the rest of the games are a bit of a mixed bag. There's a snowboarding one with some kind of loose controls, which are whatever. There's a whack-a-mole game that's – it's whack-a-mole. It's literally whack-a-mole. Um, and then there's this weird hovercraft one where, like, if a hovercraft wasn't slippery enough to control on its own, they put it on ice and made it slipperier. So your goal is to hit flags by using a combo of stick movements. So, like, both sticks forward, it moves forward. Both sticks back, it moves back. One stick up, one stick down, it'll turn left. Vice versa, it'll turn right. Um, but I found it basically impossible to hit the flags. Like, I... The first time I did it, it took me like six minutes. Maybe I just suck at video games, but it took me like six minutes. And the game's like, your score is zero. And I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. So that one's not great. But the, the big bummer for me, which is why I said is the Cardinal Sin Monkey Target, is they changed Monkey Target. And Monkey Target is the single best thing Monkey Ball's ever had, in my opinion. I love Monkey Target. And the physics in this one are different. They're like kind of clunkier, I guess. And it now auto-shoots the monkey out of the cannon. So there's still multiple islands you can land on. Um, for those who have not played the original game, how it basically works is you launch a monkey, you're flying through the air with his ball open, and then you close the ball to land on targets that are on different islands scattered about. And in this one, there are still multiple islands you can land on, but you can't aim where you want to go exactly. Because the old one, you could pick how you launch off the ramp, and that could affect which island you go to and your speed and some other stuff. This one is just a cannon, and off you go. Which is fine, I guess. 
guess, but it's just harder to do what you want to do. So it's less monkey ball-y. It's less monkey ball-y. I found my muscle memory totally failing me because the physics are different. Like, I kept, like, missing the island, like, just falling flat because, like, literally the physics are way heavier. Do you control the power of the cannon? Nope. It's oh. auto-firing. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's not, like, bad if you haven't played the better monkey target, but it's not... It's noticeably inferior if you have. And I think in a nutshell that sums up this entire package like it's not bad if you haven't played the gamecube monkey balls there's a lot of good stuff here in the core levels i think i don't mind jumping uh you know take away the boss fights you're getting a good however many dozens of levels uh there's some decent mini games buried in there plus like i do like the leaderboard element it's a nice touch first time that the game's ever had that it's a nice throwback to the fact that the game started in arcades where leaderboards actually matter originally um, but yeah, if you played the older games, you know they can do better. What is the price of this game? So that depends. Um, right now for the holidays, you can get it anywhere from like twenty to thirty bucks at like Target, Amazon, Best Buy. Not bad. And like yeah, at that price, like the core levels can be fun. Maybe that's worth it for you. What but if I, I only wouldn't pay the full digitally? forty? Uh, I don't know what's going for digitally. Probably more. So we'll just go with forty. Sure. If uh, if you get it physically, you I'll get little check. stickers. I got stickers of II and Gongon and Baby and Mimi. Actually, no, I got two stickers. I take them back. But but um, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like eh, it, discounted. I got it discounted, and I'm I'm okay with that price. I'm still enjoying enough of it. But oh, does it have problems? The 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 one reason to maybe buy it, or at least the one that Sega is now giving as a sort of weird like preemptive blackmail almost is forty bucks on the eShop. Okay, there you go. Whoa! But yeah, the, the sort of like preemptive blackmail, for lack of a better term, that Sega's giving is if coins. you if you buy four bucks, I guess you get four dollars for well, so it's thirty six bucks. But anyway, if you buy Monkey Ball, this remake of Banana Blitz HD, right? They may remake the good Monkey Balls. That's what they're saying. Like the game's producer uh, in an interview with Crunchyroll said, and I quote: "And of course." I am aware that the most favorite tiles are the first two games. If there's enough, if there's enough support, I'm for, aware. I'm aware. That, that's why I picked this. One. If there's enough support for Banana Blitz HD, this will open up doors to remaking the first two games or even a whole new tile in the series. I mean, does it look significantly better, or was it just straight up port visuals? It it looks clean. I most I played it exclusively in handheld. Because I'm guessing the GameCube they would probably definitely have to put more work into them. Probably. So. I mean, this is definitely the Wii one just smoothed out. Mm. But it like it work. The aesthetic works for Monkey Ball. It's totally fine. Um, and it looks great on, like, the handheld version of, you know, when you play in handheld. I actually have not looked at it on TV now that I think about it, which is weird. I usually try and play all my Switch games at least once on the TV. I'm definitely a handheld first guy. But anyway, um, assuming he's being sin- sincere. And he, I'm sorry, you said he was the director? Producer. Producer. So I totally believe this guy. I bet you that this guy would love to bring one and two. Yeah. It's just Sega, Sega. that's And here's why. Way. Banana Blitz, and I said this when they announced the game here on the show, but Banana Blitz um, is by far the best selling Monkey Ball because it's a Wii launch title. So it got to ride that wave. And that's why they picked this one because it, it had the most mark, the market indicated yeah. it was the one. Um, listen, if. But that's if, like James Cameron like going crazy about Avatars 2 through 5. Yeah. But, but Kevin, it's Avatar like, 2 is the most ambitious dive movie that has ever been made, according to a quote I read this afternoon. That movie most is ambitious. going to bomb. It, I mean, considering that Avatar Land or whatever it's called down in Disney World is not that doing that hot. Yeah, yeah. you're right. There's, there's there's no way that... No. People I, saw Avatar because of the visual spectacle that was at the time. It was the first movie of its kind that did that 3D that well. It was very lush. It was very rich. No one watched it for the plot. Can anyone name a character? Jake Sully. Oh, well, okay. I think that I, think I can't that's name a character. I, all I remember is really cool. Pandora as a world was really cool, and they did weird stuff with their hair. 
That's literally all I remember. And they were looking for unobtainium. <laughs> and they were looking for obtainium, which is the dumbest name for an unobtainable substance. Is it the dumbest name? I or mean, is it the <laughs> smartest name? Well, not, I mean, if they're trying to obtain it, then it's definitely attainable. Yeah. It's not unobtainable. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man. But yeah. Maybe it won't uh, bomb, but that, that move's not going to make as it's much It's not going to make as much as. It'll do okay. Like, literally okay. It'll probably like it'll be do one billion. Do you, do you like think that he will continue? The problem is already filming the others. Are they? Yeah, they're filming two and three back to back. Did you see the the crazy titles that that leaked? No, please tell me they're 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 terrible. Is what called unobtainium? And and James Cameron is saying that no, those aren't the titles. Where are the titles? I'm gonna look them up. I think I think this one was supposed to be subtitled "The Way of Water." Oh god, (laughs) they're horrendous. I mean, you could tell that he was inspired by Dancing with Wolves for this entire thing. I mean, "Way of Water," "Dancing with Wolves," those go hand in hand. Uh, oh, here we go. Got him. Uh, it's loading. I spoke too soon. Oh. Well, anyway, while this loads, I'm just going to – my final thought on Monkey Ball is if the producer of the game is serious that if there's enough support from Banana Blitz, Banana Blitz HD, they will remake the first two. I changed my review entirely. Everyone go buy it immediately. It is worth all your money because it means real proper monkey targets coming back. So with that said, it has now loaded. Um, Avatar The Way of Water – Avatar, Avatar the Seed Bearer. That's going to get some spoofs. Avatar the Tolkien Writer. And Avatar the Quest for Iwa. The Quest for Iwa? E-Y-W-A. Unconfirmed. But if... So, BB, somehow somehow those names... from get... BBC. It's, not, it's, it's real. BBC News is reporting this. But I think they came out and said... Like, they might be uh, titles. Yeah. yeah. But so if those are working titles... Jesus Christ, those are bearer, terrible. The uh, the way of water, the Tolkien writer. Wait, the Tolkien? Yeah, like it's Tolkien. like it's spelled differently than yeah. uh, than J R R. But like, yeah. and then the quest of Iwa. Kind of a side note. I though. need to say like, it twice. My so my sister just went to Disney World not too long ago. It's very cool. Yeah, like she was telling me how like also. I mean, like I'm guessing. I mean, I've heard that Star Wars then is also bombing, but like I'll get to Pandora first. But like the stuff that she, like she showed me on her picture, then like her video. No, like, the like it looks like, like some of the animatronics there like look amazing. So. Yeah, I'm sure, like, it's not as exciting to go to. and But I'm kind of surprised that Star Wars land, I guess it's also, or whatever it's Galaxy called. Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. Well, well, Apparently two, that place is, like, a wasteland. So two things. One, one, um, Pandora, I have also heard, is very, very, very cool. Like, it, it apparently is really like you're on an uh, alien world, which is awesome that they did that. But uh, the Star Wars is not doing well because Disney was so effective in stay away. It's not, like, it's too crowded that their research has showed that people just stayed away because it was going to be too crowded. It was that and the fact that they rolled it out in two phases because they have one ride right now and they're going to open the second ride, the Millennium Falcon ride, um, in like January. Mm, so, so a bunch of people are like, oh, Disney says it's packed and it's not even done. I'll just wait. That's supposedly what's going on. I think they were hoping for like, like, oh man, if all these people think they can't go as soon as we open it, they're going to want to rush in. I think uh, they thought the blowback of the complaints about the waits would be worse than the lack of people going, but they didn't expect so many people to be like, it's cool, I'm over Star Wars. They also don't let you, like, <laughs> just have your lightsabers out, too. They yeah. tell you to put them yeah, away, which is, know, like, You pay, like, over on. 200 bucks to, like, make it. I mean, yeah, they put on a show for you, which... I've heard you know, that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, like, my coworkers like, did it. Like, like it helps with the cool. immersion and stuff, but then it's like, all right, put that thing away. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want yeah. to do that. But uh, to be fair, it is, I think, like, a bunch of, uh... Not... What, 
What am I? Oh, what are you going to be? Stormtroopers, the... stormtroopers, like, oh, oh yeah, I, like ask you to like put. It yeah, away. yeah, it, it, it's somewhat in character for them because it's yeah. a training yeah. outpost. It's supposed to be a training outpost, and Jedi's don't what walk did... around with their lightsabers at training outposts. If I were Jedi, if they were real. <laughs> yeah. It... Okay. No, you need to like have some decor. Maybe you've heard of this, but like, were they supposed to have like droids walking? Like, I heard they're supposed yes, to be able to like buy your own droids. Uh, I don't know about buy your own, but there were going to be animatronic like remote control ones that walk around and interact. Because I remember, and I think they're still coming. Well, because again, the make your own lightsaber. There's like another like make your droid thing. Because I remember my sister because she also went right, to that. Right. She um they they were teasing like oh yeah these droids they like, will be able to like go with you at the park and tell you about stuff and they're like oh cool can we do that like oh no not yet and they won't like that was like all they yeah done. no it's come it's it's I think it's phase two I don't know if they're actually gonna walk around with I wonder if stuff, Nintendo but... World in Japan will have like some kind of like build your own something that you could keep build your own shrooms <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but when are we going again uh twenty twenty one. It oh, opens early. next summer, can't, though. It cannot wait. 2020. You know what's funny is the Hollywood one's going to open around the same time, I think. So it might be, it might be moot to go to uh, Japan. I mean, we're going to Japan no, 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 I mean, just to going, go to Japan. No, we were that's... originally going to Japan to time it with Nintendo. Like, if, if Nintendo's opening here at the same time, we could just go to Japan whenever. Like, it doesn't, we could do it sooner. But we'll figure it out. Well, no, we can't, well, we, no, we cannot go sooner. Next, Especially, we cannot go next year. Actually, I... Um, yeah, it was because of the Olympics. It was just, right, it was just right, to avoid the Olympics and also because... My sister and some of our other people that are going haven't gone yet, and that's right. I know she wanted to do sooner. Anyway, we're way on a tangent. Point is, Monkey Ball, it's okay, but like, Monkey Target needs to come back. Um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So well, the um, other thing. Since you, well, since you did just we're, we're playing, should I just talk about mine? That's what I was about to say. The other thing I was gonna bring up is day and night. Oh, you want to do day and night? I thought no. Actually, hold on. Let's turn, save keep that. Let's in save your that. Mind. Let's do the reason I'm saying let's say that it's actually Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah, I do Ring Fit Adventure first. So, um, if you don't mind, it'll make sense later because I don't want have you do day and night and then we announce the contest oh, like half an hour later. Oh, they're gotcha. tied together. All right, all right, that makes so, sense. Um, that makes sense. All surprise, right. everyone! We're giving away day and night. Spoiler. Uh, they are. We have three copies. To give oh, away. yeah. That's well, a, I actually did surprise. That, that was a nice surprise. That was a nice surprise. But anyway, um, while I was playing Monkey Ball, while we're talking about older games that have been out for a while, you've been playing so Ring with, Fit. Yeah. Get your post Thanksgiving. Everyone's now interested because everyone got fat over Thanksgiving and needs to work it yeah. off. So how so, is Ring Fit, so been, in your opinion? Yeah, so I've been playing it for a month now. and I won't say how long Jason played because for some reason it actually tells you exactly how long like, everyone else has I'm played. I'm really bad about it. I played for like a little bit and I just stopped. Yeah, a little bit is an understatement. But... <laughs> an understatement? Thank you. Oh, no, fine. An overstatement. No, oh, no, no. We'll get... Yeah, anyway, keep I, you, you know keep what going. I mean. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because I was curious. Well, anyway. The... <laughs> I... I really like this game. Like, man, this game kicks your butt. And maybe that's because I'm just playing on the hardest difficulty. Because I don't know why. Like, I, I, I don't... Like... I'm terrible at, like, gauging how much I'm supposed to do as far as, like, oh, how many reps do I need to do? Like, how much weight do I need to get? And I know, like, you could figure that out. You could just, like, see, like, what works. But with this game, because, like, the the fitness ring isn't, you know, isn't, isn't super heavy. Like, it just has that resistance. It kind of feels like, well, I guess I should just be doing enough until, like, I get really tired. But I don't want it to be too easy. Like, you really... I mean, I know, like, you have to feel the burn. What's your level you're at? 30? Like, oh, like, progress? No, I or... meant... Yeah, I meant... Oh, the, the, 30, yeah. Okay. Um, I did, like... Well, you know I did. You saw it on the thing. I think I did, like, 13 or 14, and I was tired. So I, I don't know what that says about how out of shape I well, am or how in shape you are, but I just feel like I need to say I'm less than half of what you are. <laughs> Well, whatever yeah, that means. Yeah, let me tell you, like, what, I guess, like, what the level difference actually means. Because I've seen, it's like... Yeah, no, well, I mean, like, like in game, like, how it transforms... The, how, oh, it, yeah. it makes the sets Yeah, so, like, 
it's kind of crazy because um when you do like like a yeah like intensity 12 like did you get to do squats I've done squats. No, the, all the moves are the same. It's just no, no, no. I know. I know. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I've, I've done squats. Yeah, like, like yeah. how many reps did you Squ- have to do? Okay, first of all, squats are like the first thing you get to do. I have played the game. I talked about it a month ago. Give me a little credit. Um, I think it's I am. like I'm giving you a little. I think it, yeah, a little barely. Uh, I think it's like might have been ten and ten or something like oh that. Oh my gosh, maybe fifteen and fifteen. Yeah, so might be fifteen and fifteen or twelve and twelve or somewhere around there. All right, so how many do you have to do at thirty? Yeah, it's like almost 40. Hmm. So, yeah, like pretty much like that's kind of the big difference. And when you're doing like those like those squats or any of those exercises, like you take off like, like a sliver, like even like almost nothing like of all these enemies. And it's kind of crazy. Like the first enemies you encounter, just like doing the first like world, which is just like three levels, like takes takes like a lot out of you. Like you definitely like unless you're already like super fit, which I'm definitely not. Like I do More a lot of... Me. Like, I do a lot of walking, I do a lot of cardio, so I definitely have some stamina, but for what I want Ring Fit, Ring Fit Training to do, like, it's definitely really helping out, and it's just awesome that, like, I'm really feeling, like, a big pushback. Like, right now I'm in this part, like, where I've unlocked um, planks, and I thought, like, all right, that's not going to be that hard, you know, you lay down flat, you don't even look at the TV, you can't look at the TV when you're doing the planks, because you're facing down, and you're kind of, like, lifting. You're, you're planking. Yeah, you're lifting your, your backside, and then, you're, like, you have to pretty much look behind you. But between the the joy cons vibrating and the cues from your buddy on screen, like you know exactly <laughs> your buddy, the ring. Yeah, it's a talking ring. Yeah, like like you know like when to go down and man, like those things are really tough and you have to do so many of them. And I feel like halfway through like each exercise, like each actually halfway through like each attack, I almost have to take like a ten second like little breather just because like oh my god, like the legs are just burning so hard, the arms are like almost feeling like noodles. But it's so satisfying, like, when you finally like, beat those levels. And I guess, like, as you go through each world, it is cool that um, you do unlock more, you know, power-ups. Like, after you beat the second world, you get the color-coding ability so that if you fight certain enemies, like, if you fight purple enemies, you could use leg attacks to do, deal more damage to them. But even then, it doesn't do, like, a ton of damage to them. So, like, it just makes it... It makes defeating, like the Goomba equivalent of this game go from like, I don't know, maybe like three minutes to like two minutes and 40 seconds or something. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah. And over time, like you guess every time you level up, you do get more attack, you get more defense. And that definitely does help eventually. Like right now I'm in world five or six. And now the the little Gret enemies, I could finally take them out in one move. But usually when they come out, they always come out with a, they always introduce new enemies. There's enemies that, take forever to kill because they keep healing themselves and they take no plus damage from any of your attacks because they're color-coded black, which you get no advantage from. And, yeah, the level... I didn't know they introduced that later on. That's cool. Yeah, they, they introduce, like, pretty much... It's like, you know, your typical archetypes for RPGs. They have the healers. They oh, have yeah. Yeah. the projectile people. Like, oh, man, there's some... Like, you fight Drago so many times... But every time, like, he just introduces this new move that just goes, like, whoa, like, that, like, I can't play anymore after this, like, level. Like, sometimes, like, I have to leave Drago fights to their own session, even if, like, it's only, like, a 13-minute workout. Again, you are playing on the hardest <laughs> difficulty in the game. Like, there was, like, there's one move that he did where, like, you pretty much have to, like, every time you block, you know, you do the, like, the, the bent, like, you, you press it against your stomach, you know, the ab block. And for the most part, like, it's not that, 
you don't really feel a lot, like a lot of burn. They tell you, oh, you're supposed to feel in your stomach. After you do a bunch of them, you do start to feel it. But you have to do a lot of them. But when you get to this Drago fight in particular, he does like this like hyper beam that you have to always like hold the ad block for like a couple seconds on the average enemy. But for this beam, I feel like you have to, oh, and you also have to squat on top of that for this like super ad block. And you're probably squatting for like what felt like over a minute. Like it was just what? so hard and so long. Like there were parts where I'm like, oh my god, I cannot do this. Cause like you see like the meter filled up on the hold and it goes so slow. Like you're I mean obviously super satisfying when you do it, but it really like it's very hard mentally. Yeah. Which is which is what I which is what I really like. And then like your ring fit buddy, I always forget his name. Um Ring. ring. Is it just Ring? I think he's just Ring. Oh, I could have only had a name. Ringo Star. We'll call him Ringo. Yeah, that um, works. Yeah, and but Ringo, like, every time like, every, every time like, you hear, like, his motivation, like, yeah, like, he repeats the same line over and over again, but, I don't know, like, you remember, like, like, like almost there, ten more, two more, great. I don't know, like, you just, like, just keep He's reminding. a good personal trainer. I think I just yeah. yell at him. <laughs> Shut up! Let me focus! <laughs> but, yeah, it's just super satisfying. And then, like, just, you think, like, all right, you could just, like, make a bunch of, like, healing items and stuff like that, and you could. But all that does is just ensure that you don't have to redo the levels because the levels are already so hard that, I don't know, you definitely get a good workout out of them. I've literally, since I've started, in total, right now I've lost four pounds. Cause, wow. Like, since I started doing it. And I haven't wow. really changed much. You've been of, going for about a month, right? Yeah, about a month. Yeah. And I haven't really changed much from my diet. Like, I still eat junk food and stuff on the same like yeah you just start doing this i literally that's like the only thing that's changed every day right yeah every day except on some weekends those weekends are like the only ones that i kind of miss but what i actually really like about cheat weekends yeah and everyone's gone i mean i'm historically like i've always been like i always start working out and kevin knows because we worked out like for like maybe a day or two worked for a day day. (laughs) like this is really proven. Hey man, those day. pull-ups suck. No, I know. The, yeah, the pull-ups with the burpees uh-huh. and the whatevers and the squats and the everything. Like, I'll do, like, a workout session for, like, a week or two, like, with, like, a friend that, like, lives, like, close by here. Mm-hmm. But then after, like, the two, like, something will happen and then I'll just stop. And then... But no, this no, keeps no, you going. Nothing really, like, makes me feel... Like, I just feel, like, bad for a little bit. It's like, all right, like, I don't know. It's easy to fall off the train and it's really hard to get back on. But for whatever reason, I guess it's because it's a video game and I've just like, you know, we're all like gamers here. Um, I feel... He admits I'm a gamer. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, wait, you're right. I take, no take backs. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like this game, I guess because it's like part of the adventure mode and because it's also a workout that like, like tip the character, the dude without a face that like help, gives you advice and like do, helps you through the cooldown and the warm up. Like he's always saying like, oh, like good job. I'm like, coming every day and blah, blah, blah. And. I feel like, oh my god, it's only like 10 minutes, the game is right there. I guess because you're also at home, you feel extra guilty when you don't do it. Like, when we came back from Vegas, I don't think I worked out that Monday. And just because I'm like, alright, I need like another little break, I just like won't work out. But then, by Tuesday, like, I, I was like back on it. Like, I, I pretty right. much felt like, like oh, I should have just done it, I could have done it. And I've never really felt that way. About exercise. Yeah, about exercising before, so it's definitely like really helping out. And just, like, being consistent. And the nice thing is that after I'm done with the game, however long that's going to take me, because I can only play for, like, 15 to 20 minutes at a time because of the intensity. Yeah. Um, I heard it's, like, a 40-hour game. So, Jesus, that's going to take a while. <laughs> um, like, they have the custom workouts that you could do after. So, after, like, going through all these ends, I know I'm going to be able to at least pick, all right, I'm going to 
you could create three loadouts. You could have a mainly leg one, an arm one, an ab one. And, you know, I feel like I'm definitely going to fit into that routine just because it's just so nice and convenient to do it from home. I could just get home from work, do the workout on mm. my TV. The music is catchy. It helps you keep into the beat when you're doing the reps. And I don't know, I've just been really enjoying it. The only other thing that I probably advise anyone, um, the game does try, like, the levels are catered to, like, certain parts of the body. And I kind of ignored it in the beginning. I said, all right, like, they tell you, oh, recommended um, fitness moves, leg stuff. And I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> leg stuff? That's how they say it? Well, I mean, just have the symbol of the <laughs> nah, leg. Nah, nah, nah. So I'm just like, all right. So I'm just recommending that, whatever. I'll just take out the loadout I have. So I, I had, like, one, like, leg attack that just attacked one enemy. Mm. But then, like, every enemy was, like, they were all leg monsters. So it took, like, twice or, like, three times longer than it would have if I only used leg attacks. Mm. Pretty much what they were saying is, like, all right, we're, like, the, this world or this leg of the world is, like, your leg day. This ah, is your this arm leg day. Of the world. See what you did there? This is your arm day, yeah. but... Well, yeah. it, it, it so, so, doesn't, it doesn't. Like... You can do anything you want, but the, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, you could, yeah, make it easier. That's yeah. it. So it actually is good just to go with what they say because yeah. you know it works out. I will say this is quite between my initial I, mechanics I like, and your month later. Here's yeah. the exercise. This is the most holistic view we've given you of a Nintendo project. Yeah, I, I really am surprised at this game. I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it looks super gimmicky. But then yeah. when I started, you know, I'm just learning more about it, and then it was as fun as I. As I expected it to be. I don't know. And you picked a good... Well, actually, before I even say this... I could wholeheartedly um, like, recommend to anyone that's just interested in getting more exercise and has a Switch. Especially because even if, you know... It's a good way to start, and it might get you to do go to a gym or something, if that's what you want to do, ultimately. But I think you're kind of fine just doing this. And maybe like going on more walks or something. And if you want to... Uh, I mean, that resistance band is no joke. And if you want to get drunk take a shot or a drink every time some sort of innuendo is said over the course of his impressions because if you go back and listen to this there's at least five especially around the squats <laughs> so just just a fun game for you to play at home uh but no it's you you actually bring up it's a good time to bring the game back up because like when i first gave impressions like a month ago it was more like here's the gameplay side of it but now people actually want to go out and buy it are going to be looking at it for the reasons you're talking about. The actual exercise. That's literally benefit. the only reason I wanted it. Exactly. Yeah, like I want it because it's like, oh, a Nintendo game, that's different. But like most people, like I saw, like this is anecdotally completely, but like I feel like there's an uptick in interest during Black Friday week and Thanksgiving week, same week, because, um, you know, people, a lot of holiday food and whatnot. And when I was at Best Buy on um, Thanksgiving night, they had a whole display of Ring Fit like right next to the Switches. And I was like, oh, this is like it wasn't on sale. It's not like being promoted in their in their, uh, you know, weekly ad or anything. But like it's a unique it, it sits in a unique spot where it's beneficial and fun. It's a video game and an exercise device like it's yeah, it's and, a very and, unique thing. And, and honestly, like kind of like to whole like like Kevin's like not playing Witcher because he failed the quest like that kind of like gaming mentality. Yeah, like definitely helps a lot. Like even just doing like performing an attack. Like, if I, like, just to go back to the squat because it's easier, if you, like, bend down, like, about halfway, mm -hmm. like, it'll charge it, it'll do the attack, but you're, like, your hair isn't burning all the way, you have to bend down way lower, and then you get, like, the super, like, fire hair, right. and and it's, like... It's motivating. Like, like, nothing, like, when you're doing squats in real life, like, when I was doing squats, like, in the park... Your like, hair did catch fire? Like, I did... Like, I did probably some correctly, I probably did most of them incorrectly, just because, like, I just wanted to get through them, like, alright, I did my 15, yeah. cool, on to the next one, but... Because, like, there's that visual, like, correlation between, like, oh, all right, if I go all the way down, I'm going to get, like, the super powered-up attack. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure I get that all the time. Otherwise, like, you feel more accountable for yourself. Sure. Which that is, makes sense. 
Yeah, and you, that's something normal exercise doesn't exactly offer. There's no visual cue. Yeah. Even if it's like a visual cue, treadmill, it's yeah, just and, like, and you hit mile one. Yeah, it's like, okay. And it's really good. Like, you really feel like, you know you're doing it right when you yeah. when you get, like, the, the, the greater when like, the fire hair because it's like, oh, okay, now it's starting to hurt. Oh, boy. I'm really curious how many people... My arms are, are sort of from pointing up, like... Uh, just, like, from doing, like, so many, like... Just now? Well, yeah, like, my whole, like... It hurts to cough because I'm at oh, the wow. resort. You know, again, you are doing the hardest difficulty, which is not a requirement. But it's the most satisfying. Yeah, fair enough. But no, I was going to say, I'm curious, like, to go back to, like, how I was seeing it all over on Night Like, I wonder how this... Like, what do you think... I imagine the long tail on something like Ring Fit's could be really good compared to some other games. Like, Fitness Boxing, remember that? That came out at the start of year. Nintendo published it. It's by, like, Imagineer or some other company. Yeah. And it's, like, just a bare-bones fitness game for Switch. Half a million sold, they announced last week. For a game that, like, they never really promoted, they didn't really do much with. Like, imagine something like Ring Fit, where it's getting this huge push as a really interesting concept. Basically, everyone that plays it says it's super great for various reasons, whatever they may be. Like, you were just, like, raving about it for the last little bit. Like... Imagine what that's going to do in the long term in terms of, like, for Nintendo. Like, that's... And for you, you get to be healthy. And for them, they get money. So it's win-win. But, yeah, it'll, I'd be curious when uh, the NPD numbers for November come out next week. Same day as Game Awards. We'll cover them next episode. But I'm curious, like, if Ring Fit creeps up the charts or not. Because it feels... Maybe January is the month it does. But it feels like this is on the cusp of blowing up to being a huge thing. Because it's just really well done and does exactly what it needs to do in a really good way. Yeah. So time will tell. What we do know, though... In the meantime, about sales, very small Jason sales corner. Oh, Nintendo, boy. it's only because it's a big deal that Nintendo, um, they made a killing over Black Friday. They, you know, they didn't, I, I now understand. Well, they murdered like, this time. They murdered the sales charts. No, I, I understand why they didn't really do a real discount. Remember we complained, I was complaining episode two ago about how it seems like a missed opportunity to just reuse the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Bundle. Well, good thing they didn't listen to me because over Thanksgiving week, which was, you know, the Sunday before up through the Saturday after, so through Black Friday, uh, they sold 830,000 Switch units here in the U.S. Some of those with Ring Fit, hopefully. Um, and I did the math. That translates to 1.37 Switch sold every second for the entire week. Um, according to Nintendo, it is the single best week of Switch sales in the console's history. And then I did some additional digging, and it's actually not just the best in the Switch's That's history. That's three? Three what? years? Uh, two and a... Two, three. Yeah, about three. Just shy of three. But did better than any other holiday. It did better than launch. You know, it's still kind of a big deal. But I, I did some additional digging where the numbers get more impressive because it's actually one of the strongest Black Friday week sales a Nintendo console has ever had. Uh, the king of the crown is the DS and DSi, which as a double whammy one-two punch in 2009 sold over a million. But the Wii never hit this number. It maxed out at 800,000 in, 200, in, 208, in 2008. So at 30,000 difference, but still, you don't think of the Switch in the same sort of like realm as the Wii in terms of popularity or significance in pop culture or whatever, but it, it outsold the Wii's best Black Friday. That's kind of a big deal. A big deal. And, um, you know, Nintendo's had better Black Fridays when you combine their systems. I think it was like 2010 or so, where Wii plus DS got like 1.5 million combined systems sold. But if you're talking about individual Nintendo systems, the Switch, like, that's impressive. That's pretty crazy that it sold that much. And uh, the games are killing it too, like Pokemon Sword and Shield. Three million copies in in um, in the Americas alone in about two weeks' time, and uh, here's kind of an interesting stat: Mario Kart Eight is still the top selling game in the Americas in our region, eight point five million. Is that but, including the bundle? Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing Nintendo does, um, but it's always been the number one. But what's interesting is you know what's creeping up right behind it now: Smash Bros. Now the number two selling game at eight million, 
Mario Odyssey, which was number two, is now at six point five million and falls down to number third, number three, number third. So like, there's a bit of shuffling going on. Smash is really killing it. Uh, but the the point here really is Nintendo's basically won the holiday season. Like I don't like I'm not saying that like 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 fanboyishly, but you know a report from CNN was saying it's outperforming PlayStation, Xbox by a good amount, which does make sense. Those guys are in like their twilight years. This is their last holiday before PS5 and Project Scarlet or whatever it ends up being called. And over in Japan, the Switch just surpassed the lifetime sales of the PS3. Um, so, you know, between all that and the games Nintendo keeps pumping out and the buzz about the Switch in general, it's their holiday to lose at this point. And uh, the crazy thing is December is usually the bigger month. So we're only in November and they're killing it already. So I'm kind of curious to see what December looks like. Um, so, yeah, well, you know, next episode we'll have November's full numbers. In January we'll have December's full numbers and we'll get a sense of, you know, just how big Nintendo's going to be this year. Because this is this is their holiday season for, awesome. for sure. And, well, it's just kind of, like, cool to see Nintendo on top again. Um, one other ace in the hole they have that's actually kind of interesting is they're launching the Switch in China next week with Tencent. They just announced that on Wednesday that they're now, they're, they're releasing it, like, a week later. Um, what's funny is, like, most analysts and market watchers predicted the system would get off to a very slow start. Even Nintendo themselves are saying, they said in their financial briefing in the Q&A, that they expect basically nothing from it this fiscal year. Like, they're not really counting it towards any sales numbers or anything but it seems like it's exceeding expectations in china where consoles are not really a thing it had a hundred thousand pre-orders or interests expressed for pre-orders in nine hours which hundred thousand is not a huge number if you think about like the population of china but for like a new console in a country that doesn't really do consoles that's pretty impressive and it seems like why it's working at least from what i've noticed is they're really focusing on the social angle of the switch like when we see switch ads here or when you watch like once in japan or europe they have the part where everyone's gathered around tv playing together but they're also like oh look he's playing zelda on a bus or he's playing mario on a plane and like you know it's, it's a bit of like hey it's social but also you have those console experiences you could play on your own on the go the chinese marketing does not have that at all it is all strictly the social aspects they're bundling mario u deluxe with the system at the standard 300 dollars price and every piece of advertising that they put out social because over there mobile games are the big thing and mobile games are not easy to play socially at all you're not gonna crowd around a little phone or like i guess you could do like a local wireless but most games don't do that so nintendo's whole pitch over there is hey what if like you could all be playing games on kind of a similar size device but you could be playing for one another we could hook into the tv and play it there so we're seeing like mario deluxe be promoted really heavily mario kart being promoted really heavily uh ubisoft is supporting the system at launch with four games almost all of which are social-driven games. There's uh, Just Dance. There's Rayman Legends, which is fully co-op. There's a China-exclusive Rabbids game we talked about a few months ago, which is basically a party game. The only game of theirs that isn't uh, multiplayer-first or multiplayer-oriented is Mario & Rabbids. It's the best-selling third-party game on the Switch. According to MPD, it's in the Switch's life, Mario & Rabbids is number one. So why wouldn't they bring it over at that point? But, like, it's... Yeah, it's kind of interesting to just see... The slightly tweaked Switch message in China, and I'm curious to see how it does in the long run. But that's just another thing that Nintendo's going to have going for them pretty soon. But that's all I had in terms of sales. I just wanted to throw those thoughts in there. The social thing I find very interesting. It reminds me of the Wii marketing. I mean, Nintendo does it here too, but like it's very much more like the Wii than how the Switch has been marketed here. Which brings us, Angel, unless anyone has any thoughts. I feel like I just kind of went on a little rant for a minute there. But, Angel, I think this brings us to the other game you want to talk about the yeah, race or yes the kid cuddy game day and night Have, did they reach out to him i doubt it because like those are just mm. words 
<laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a copyright. Seems like a missed opportunity. Now, if it was called Day and At 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 Night, then sure, because that's the lyric, but it's just the words. They could have reached out to him. Yeah, sure I don't have, them. definitely don't have as much to say about this game as I did about Ring Fit, but that's not I've been bad. playing it too, but, so but we that's can, not, but that's we can not, No, it. well, I, I, I didn't mean that, like, it's just that it's a very simplistic game, but everything I do have to say, like, has pretty much been really positive. I'm just very surprised by this game, because usually, like, puzzle games like this one just has the right amount of depth that i like like it's at its core it's pretty much just another stack them color matching puzzle game mm-hmm. but all it's um i'm just gonna come to terminals they're not but all the all the terminals are blocks so at first you're like okay like that makes it a lot easier they're just blocks the, i don't have to the worry better analogy might be it's like puzzle league where all the squares are, are blocks i don't play puzzle league so i wouldn't have made that reference okay well i'll make it for you for us collectively Puzzle League. Think Puzzle League. This is Thank very <laughs> um, luminous. Actually, if anything, Hello. it's like, yeah, if, if, I guess like I said, it's um, all the blocks are pretty much like Puyos in the sense that um, when you drop them... picking not square-shaped things. That's fine. Well, yeah, because if you have... Yeah, it's like a two-by-two two of Puyos. And the reason I say that is because when you drop the block, yeah, it rests all the way on the bottom. But if you have like... Uh, like one level up or like two blocks already down and you just put half the block on those, I guess, straight it down. Splits. Yeah, it splits. They split. Yep. And you can use that to your advantage. You can rotate the blocks clockwise or counterclockwise. And what's interesting, or I guess what makes this one different is that they're split into two sections, the day section and the night section. During the day section, all the sun and there's another emblem, all the green and, all the green and orange colors are the ones that are active and you have to match four to... You know, destroy them, hopefully create chain, the boss must not fall down. The typical, like, match for puzzle mm-hmm. mechanic. Puzzly. Um, the, the caveat Luminous. is... It, this oh, is yeah, straight yeah. up luminous. The, the caveat is that when you're in the day section, the night blocks, or I guess the purple and the blue ones, do not dissolve, do not... They just they gray out. Yeah. They're sort of, they become like stones. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're pretty much inactive. Yeah. And what's really cool is that you can pretty much create combos while in the day section with the night section coming up in mind so that when it becomes a night section, as soon as it transitions, all the previously set night blocks will automatically start comboing into each other. And mm-hmm. in theory, you could create this really long string that just combos on top of your other string, which feels very satisfying. And it's really, it's really, a really cool. cool touch. And on top of that, you have weapons or i guess like little like attack blocks that come out like during the day section you have these seeds that will go to the other side and will start growing and like infesting other blocks or at night essentially blocking them from being a combo right at that point yeah Yeah. because like it's and it's it's really cool like they have like this fire one that comes out at night that it starts burning one block but then it starts burning the ones around it and it pretty much makes them useless Mm -hmm. and they have other blocks that come in like you have these like stone like i guess they're like metal blocks that or just crush everything below them. You could use them for your benefit or to your demise, depending on how you're careful. Yep. Then they also have ice blocks that create a row across the entire screen. That may be the single most, and I'm not saying this negatively, but it might be the single most annoying thing I've ever seen in a puzzle game because it's so effective at basically free, huh, freezing you out. Because, yeah, it literally, there's a line. Yeah, and what, you can't make combos under that line anymore yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, it just stops. Yeah, it. you have to use other blocks to like yeah. pretty much fast fall down. Yeah, so exactly. that you, you have to bust through the ice. Yeah, you have to bust it, which is a really cool... Like, I've never seen that before. It's really cool. And yeah. then there's another one, too. There's, like, grenade... Yeah, there's bombs. So, like, mm-hmm. you can either slow fall them. You can make them fall slowly so that they don't explode. But if you fast fall them, they will explode. So you could, you know, make them fall slowly, position them later so that they are oh, messing up this combo. It's going to blow it up later with a fast fall. I by landing on top of them. So there's, like, a lot of these, like, 
Sounds like there's a lot of depth to it. Yeah, for a puzzle game, it has the most layers of any puzzle game I've played recently, which is really cool. Because there's there's literally like, I guess three, essentially three layers to any one match you're doing. And on top of that, you have the typical, like when you're comboing, you will send junk to the other side. But they have these meters on the side that, that you, you know, like pretty much counter that counter that combo if you create a combo of yourself during that time but you have like a limited amount of time to do it and then you also have there's like a burst mode like on the bottom you have this meter that fills up and if you let it fill up all the way you get to do you get to swap it to the night section or the day section that mirror determines when the time shifts essentially whoever gets the mirror first will trigger the time shift so yeah it's oh it it starts off super like it, it really you have to do the tutorial yeah, like, I mean, yeah. the tutorial basically holds your hand through, but you, yeah, do it. Because, like, even things like the time shift we were just talking about, that's a whole other element. Because when it switches, yeah. whoever switches the time basically gets not exactly a head start, but an advantage over those who don't. For yeah, a because obviously yeah. they see it coming. There, exactly. I mean, because you could also, like. No, but I mean, like, literally the game, like. Oh, yeah. It gives it, them a second. Yeah, yeah. It, it, flops, it flips the game it, around. And around. it's just, like, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's funny how. It's one of those games that I really hope does well because I want to see what high level play of this looks like because it could look really, really cool. It looks really cool. And, and what's funny about it is it's all hidden under a very kind of cutesy school play aesthetic, which like like school like theater production, which makes it look like oh let's give like a harmless little like puzzle game and they start cutouts. doing it. what yeah. yeah. So basically, what it is is the day and night and the blocks and everything are supposed to be a stage set. Like I said, on stage. And then um, when you go to story mode, it's all these kids acting out stage plays with silly plots about, like, Western sheriffs and stuff. And there's, like, audience reactions. There's, like, laughter and clapping and things. And then you get into the puzzles, and it's, like, this actually, like, surprisingly deep, kind of intense at times, um, multi-layered thing. And it's just, like, like it's kind of, like, the aesthetic works for it. Like, the, the stage, like, the kind of stage play setup for the day and night is really cool. It makes, like... Yeah. Like the way it flips over and things rotate and stuff is really cool looking. Yeah, the the sound effects they have like really solid. Like everything yeah. is just really nice everything and polished. really well done. It's just it's just I just love that and it kind of leads you into a false sense of security by being like, oh, it's like this all like simple enough thing. Like the aesthetic works for it. It's just like oh, look how like cute it is. And then you're yeah. playing, you're like, oh wow, there's a lot here. I mean, like there isn't really much to unlock. I mean, it's kind of like Tetris. You get what you get that game. You have to play alone. You play against computers. You play you play against. Other people, yeah, vert- you get you get to unlock yeah. costumes for your character. Hats, are, they yeah, love hats. Yeah, they're they're, I think heard thirty hats, but ten characters. But if you want to like mix it up more, there are these things called dares, which are pretty much just random challenges that are really interesting. Like one literally flips the board upside down. It's like, oh, I dare you to beat, like beat me while playing upside down. Everything's upside down. Or you could play the game where everything is super fast. Or what was another one? They had a bunch of really crazy ones, but... They're really crazy. You know, they, it's like the remix. Like, they completely, like, mess with the rules. So. And, and again, I, I know I keep focusing on the aesthetic, but I just love that, like, that fits the whole, like... Because it's, it's a bunch of elementary school kids is kind of the premise. And, of course, an elementary school kid be like, oh, yeah, but I dare you do it upside down, or yeah. I dare you do it at double speed, right? And it, like, totally makes sense. And it fits really well. Like, this game was definitely a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And, um, the plot... Is there anything we're forgetting? No, well, I mean that's yeah, I think that's it, about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it's it's twenty bucks. I don't think um, it's online, but it's not. I wish yeah. it had online. That'd be cool if they do an update with online. But if they game, I'd want to play with like some people locally, so that works. It out. does have local versus, yeah. so there's that um, two person. But yeah, the the perhaps the pleasantest surprise of it is well, it was a surprise. So you made me spoil it half an hour ago. But we are giving away three copies of the game. So we we should say up front, uh, we Angel and I both got copies of Day and Night, courtesy of the uh, publisher and or developer i don't know which one of them thank you guys and they also gave us three copies to give away to listeners so 
Yes. Can I be part of this contest? You, as an entity associated yeah. with Rand Nintendo, can you? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rand Nintendo staffers are not allowed to partake, but listeners are. So, <laughs> Who's at the website? Uh, <laughs> <It> doesn't exist. <laughs> but, uh, I just need two me's up there. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you go in a browser through a VPN, I'll never know. And then you no, 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 okay, don't actually do it. But yeah, for you guys listening, we do have three copies to get away. It's definitely worth entering because it, it, it is a really fun game. Or to just go, you can just go buy it like with, with money, with tangible. Yeah, support the developers. This, this yeah. looks like a really cool game. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. Um, So what we're going to ask you is if you want to win one of three copies of Day and Night, go to the blog for this episode, the blog post, episode 217, Mixed and Matched. Scroll down, and in the comment box, tell us your favorite puzzle game. Because what Mix and Match, or what Mix and Match, what Day and Night does is it mixes and matches. It's a lot of different puzzle game elements from a lot of different games. There's, you know, the Poyo Poyo element, the Puzzle League element. There's a little hint of uh, Luminism here, or Luminous, as you were saying. So, like, it, there's a lot of inspiration for puzzle games in here. So, like, what's your favorite? And who knows? Maybe your favorite matches up with this perfectly. And then we'll choose three winners at random. And um, next episode, episode 218, we'll announce the winners. So, definitely tune back in on December 22nd when that drops, like for these that. Blocks. Yes, exactly. But I feel like it's only fair if we're talking about puzzle games and favorite puzzle games. We should probably tell them ours, right? Like if we're all if we're going on about how good this puzzle game is and how we want to hear theirs. So, what are your guys' favorite puzzle games? Or do you want me to go first? Go first. Go first. Okay. Well, honestly, end of the day, um, it used to be Puzzle League, Pokemon Puzzle Challenge specifically for a long period of time. But I really between Tetris DS and Tetris ninety nine, I weird twists on tetris is kind of my my little subgenre. you gotta pick one game i think tetris 99 is the ultimate one but i do want to point out that there was an era of the ds lifespan that had some really good weird puzzle games that you don't really um see anymore like all the puzzle games these days are like blocks fall what's that one called where but, you have to like flip between white and black yes blocks? that's one of the ones i was gonna bring up so there's three on ds that i feel like deserve a shout there's polarium, oh, polarium there's magnetica and there's medios so polarium is what you're talking about you had a, a tile grid of black and white blocks and you had to draw a line to flip them all to be the same color per row and it got obviously more complicated as you try and draw lines that don't interfere and if you you know you try and do it all in one stroke and da, 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 and it's actually a really cool game i got for like five bucks at circuit city is one of the best five bucks i've spent um on a DS game. And yeah, it's just really good. And you, you know, you want, um, try, it, it gets obviously more difficult as you go. And there's like a hundred, some other stages. Uh, it was tricky, but it was good. So that was number one. Number two, I watched shadows with Magnetica, which I never would have bought. It's essentially Zuma, but by Nintendo. But back in the day when Ramtown was a daily blog news site, um, Nintendo actually gave me copies to give away on the site and gave me a copy to play. And man, what a pleasant surprise that was. Very much like Day and Night. It's like, it's like I don't know what to think of this just glancing at it, but whoa, this is actually really good. Like, Magneco was basically Zuma, but it was just the presentation was really good. The idea of, like, you, you guys know how Zuma works, right? Like, the, the spiral yeah. marbles. Yeah, the, and the, the one with the fog in the middle. Whatever. Yeah, so it was that, but it was all touchscreen driven with the stylus, which at the time wasn't that common. Even Zuma wasn't, you know, it was like a mouse or something, but it, it worked really well. I really, like, Magneco is a game I kept going back to for a long time for no real specific reason it was just like it's just good for like a 10 minute here 20 minute there thing and then of course there's medios which i think all three of us have probably yeah played medios is cool medios is probably the most traditional of the bunch but not quite because like the blocks are falling down but then you're pushing the blocks back up and then you kind of have to deal with that that balancing act and launching the blocks and everything and you know then there are like things that could speed up the blocks and, and different strengths and that so yeah those are a few of and the, do you know who designed that game 
the guy behind Luminate Luminate. No, no, no so Sakurai. Per- yep, it's Sakurai. Sakurai. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I can't believe I got those mixed up. He Tetsuya worked with Mizuguchi. Him, right? Yeah. Didn't they together do Meteos? They did Meteos, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, those are all some good classic ones to check out, too. But Tetris 99, I think. Tetris 99 takes the cape. Is, is the cape. Yeah, I, it might. Next episode, we're probably going to be talking about our games of the year and stuff because it's our last episode of the year. It might be in the running for game of the year for me. I love Tetris 99. But anyway, what about you guys? Uh, me or you? That's a, that's a tough one to follow up. Well, um, not, I only picked one. No, I yeah. just talked about some other cool ones. No, yeah. It, it, for me, even though like the game I beat this year, I definitely have to give it to um, Layden vs. Phoenix. Cause... Interesting twist on the puzzle concept, but still accurate. Well, the Layden ones are... I mean, it's a visual novel story, but I mean, it's still kind of a puzzle game. You have mm-hmm. to like look for clues. I mean... Brain teasers. Yeah, they're, they're brain teasers, but... The laden side is definitely the more puzzly side because I oh, yeah. that game got me into the the laden side, the laden series. Like before the game came out, I was playing through them and I really love. I mean, I just love how like you get to play a little bit of every type of puzzle you can imagine. You have matching puzzles, you have like brain puzzles. I love those puzzles where like you have eight people. Person one said this about person B. Person B said this about person C. Blah blah blah. And I find yeah. out who's actually lying, even though it seems like they're all lying. And then you're like. Screaming at the 3DS for like an hour because you can't figure it out. You go to sleep the next morning, you'd know the answer right away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just love like those kind of like head scratchers. And Layden versus Phoenix just combined both of those into one, which mm-hmm. was like I couldn't ask for like something better. It definitely like scratched every itch. Like, I mean, didn't need to have a great story because I love the puzzles in both, but I mean, it did too. So, right, yeah. So definitely Layden versus Phoenix. Interesting choice. Define den- uh, not defying the odds, but fucking. It's like, I couldn't pick between the two, so I, I you know picked the one that had like, to. It's not the typical choice I'm trying to say, but that's a good one. What about you, Kevin? Probably a nod pick, considering it's not Nintendo-related, but Catherine. I that's love that fair, game. I love that I game. That's a Nintendo uh, puzzle. <laughs> if we're, if, I mean, if we're, if we're uh, strictly speaking, Nintendo Tetris DS probably takes the cake for me. That was my runner-up. Yeah, that game is like a, such a complete package it's so good. with the amount of content that there is and all the and Nintendo just, theming all the, just, mm. <laughs> yeah if it wasn't for those two I probably would have also picked that one yeah. like they went out of their way to like because they could have just been Tetris just regular Tetris yeah on the DS yeah sure but they went that like extra mile and to you, put that nice Nintendo spin on it ah it's, spin because Tetris and if you think about it, before we get to your other one real quick, um, it might have been one of the first games Nintendo did that I can remember where they we- went all the way in on the 8-bit aesthetic and bringing it back. Yeah. They did not do that much for it. They'd have little winks and nods. They'd have like, oh, it's an 8-bit Mario on the side of the track of Double Dash. Do you see him? But it was never or like, oh, look, if you look at the battlefield, it's an 8-bit whatever. But they never like leaned in that. That was the start of their current obsession with retro Nintendo. Like the way they integrated it in was just so perfect. It was all the different modes and everything. And how they were all themed around different games. It was really well done, yeah. Yeah, that's... Man, that game. But outside Nintendo, you said you had a... a uh, top out, outside of... Uh, man, that that's tough. It, it would either be between Catherine... Mm-hmm. I haven't played the Enhanced Edition that just came out a couple months ago. But either Catherine or Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect is cool. Have you played Tetris Effect? At E3 and VR. Oh, man. That game, that game is so special, too. It it definitely doesn't have, I guess, the touch of, um, Nintendo. Literally, because it's, like, well, it, it 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 it, 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 it's on DS. Literally, it's on DS. My, I'm the way that I'm gonna say it. It's like I know what you mean. It didn't not, have that. Not this, didn't have the Nintendo fine polish. It doesn't have the charm of of yeah. uh, of Tetris DS, but it has that charm that 
Mizuguchi, who we just talked about already. Yep. Uh, brought to that game. It's man, that game is a that game is less of a game and more of an experience. It's to quote the youth, it's a vibe. It really no. It's like you. It's all like, right. It's <laughs> definitely Catherine. Forget everything I said. <laughs> no, but you know I'm right. Like, no, it is, yeah, like, yeah, it's absolutely. totally like you're as, in it. And it's just like this weird spacey sort of like it's really. Weird. Oh man, that that game, especially like the the last couple of levels are so transcendent, especially if you're playing in VR. Yeah, that's and the way that like yeah in VR and the way that like I really I kind of wish they'd bring it to Switch, but I feel like it wouldn't be the same. But the way like it just sort of like brings in the audio visual as uh, yeah, you get, start that, doing better it's it's really I'm, cool honestly that game needs like 4k visuals and unfortunately yeah, the switch doesn't do does it not but... do that and you kind of i feel like yeah. vr bust for that one like you need the full like sensory surround sound. not only that but because it runs at a higher uh refresh rate on the vr you actually play just like a hair better too oh interesting yeah so yeah but you know you know what this is making me realize is because um, we said games of quite a different variety that like oh well do you want to elaborate on Catherine actually oh for for Sorry, those of, uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Catherine was developed by the Persona team so maybe that's why I love it so much mm, but uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, basically you're playing this this uh, middle aged guy named Vincent Brooks uh, who isn't a fan of his life uh, he seems like he's at a crossroads with his uh with his partner, his girlfriend, and then out of nowhere starts having these nightmares where he has to climb up towers that are made up of blocks. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is you have to push, pull uh, these blocks from like, let's say just a wall that's right in front of him. Let's say a three by three. And he has to get, he has to basically climb. So what you have to do is pull a block. And as long as a block is touching the edge of another block, that block will not fall. Will not fall. So let's say it's not like supported. Yeah, let's say let's say there's if you hear that free edge. Yeah, and you hear the the little guy goes edge. No, it's not it's not a guy. It's a a woman. She goes edge, Hmm. edge. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, But later on, of course, the game gets more and more difficult. There are different blocks that you have to that you have to be wary of. If there's a row of like ice blocks and you and you step on them, it you will just slide across that entire row. And sometimes you can't catch yourself, and you uh, can fall yeah. off this tower of blocks. Uh-huh. And there's there's just like a lot of strategies that you can do. There's there's this one thing called the spider where it you literally have to spider along. Like, oh man, it, it's so hard to <laughs> it's so hard to describe. Sounds cool though. Yeah, and then aside from that, like the that's a puzzle game with a story. Not a lot of puzzle games have stories. Right. I mean, like you know. Uh, the lane series is all story driven. Yeah, it's like yeah. narrative driven. I mean, yeah. narrative yeah, driven puzzle games on one hand. I mean, Day and Night has a yeah, barely honestly, like because without but... the story and the traditionally animated cutscenes, like you're yeah. literally it would just be like two hundred puzzles in one oh, game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like none of the puzzles are related to each other. They all they somehow I, I make do, them tight. That does remind me that like Pokemon Puzzle League, Pokemon Puzzle Challenge on Game Boy Color, which used to be one of my all time favorite puzzle games, actually had a full story. You went through all the gyms, you fought all the gym leaders, you caught Pokemon. They're just all within the puzzles. Like there'd be Pokeballs on the puzzle field and you would if you match with them later get a pokemon after the match is over it's really kind of cool that's a more traditional game with a with a, a traditional puzzle game with a narrative element while it sounds like Catherine is a little less traditional in that regard what do you mean like it's less of a nor like a drop block falling puzzle game oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean you're still blo- 
You're still doing with blocks, but it's not yeah. like in reverse. A lot of a lot yeah. of puzzle games deal with blocks. Is yeah. And it's cool that there's like a version of Catherine inside of Catherine that I guess you could. Oh use to practice. yeah, that you can use Wait, to practice. Yeah. There's a mini Catherine. So, in yeah, it's so like an arcade. It's like oh, pixelated. Yeah, yeah. The the game basically takes place in two chunks. Uh, the 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 nightmare, which is the the puzzle part, mm-hmm. and at a you just stay at a bar mm-hmm. before before the uh, nightmares or the these uh puzzle puzzle sections, and there's an arcade in there. That basically has a version of the nightmares, oh, that's or that you use to practice like your skill set. Right, right. So it's it's super cool. Yeah, it's basically training mode. Interesting. Yeah, but those also get ridiculously difficult too. This seems like it'd be a decent uh, fit for the Switch. Yeah, I was really disappointed that they didn't bring that enhanced edition over to the Switch, especially because Yet. it doesn't seem well. Maybe who knows? Our personal team is probably too busy handling. Uh, They're too busy projections up on city buildings. And yeah, that was that bomb threats. Yeah, that was lame. That? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I I mean the cast of, of Persona Five was at a the one here in Little Tokyo. The one here in Little Tokyo, which I missed, but I mean whatever. But Persona Five Royal, March thirty first, twenty twenty. Or if you're a Switch owner, get ready for Persona Scramble. Order to get that <laughs> still still does not have a, a, a North American release date, but it's coming it out. February twentieth in Japan, if I'm not Get mistaken. Get those import PlayAsia.com. Go. Yeah, most likely. I'm sorry. What'd you say? You're pre-ordering it for that mask. Yeah, I, I already pre-ordered the collector's edition. <laughs> what do you think? It's like I did with that. Yeah. Man, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's a really cool PS4 theme that came out in Japan. That I don't know if it's the dynamic theme that you get with this pre-order for Amazon. I have to check that out. Oh, um, for Persona. For Persona, yeah. I I do want to say though, like I started saying before you, but uh, I realized you need to explain Catherine, but um. Think about the variety of the games we just talked about. Like puzzle, the puzzle genre, you always think blocks falling, but it's actually a pretty diverse genre in gaming. Like it's not just Tetris and Tetris Attack. It's like there's a lot there. It's kind of cool. Oh, there was that other game that came out this year that I, I really wanted to get, but I never got. Uh, Baba is you. Oh what yeah, that's another. Like, that's like yeah. a, a gram a language puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, where you complete sentences to do actions. Yeah, yeah. or even like you could argue on top of little game basically. is somewhat of a puzzle yeah. game. There's a lot. It's a big genre. So point is. Anyone listening, if you want to win day and night, any apparently any video game is a puzzle game. No, but uh, seriously, like it's in a, a way, yeah. Just, yeah, in a way. But no, like favorite puzzle games, like I said before, go to Rantown.com. The blog post for episode two sixteen, and is it two sixteen or are we two seventeen? Two seventeen, sorry. And let us know your favorite puzzle game. And we also, while we're doing contest business, need to announce the winners of our previous contest, which was our anniversary contest. What we told you on the show is three of you can win a copy of Truck Racing Championship, one of which is inexplicably signed by the three of us. It's very it's si- explainable. It's signed by one person <laughs> and just has the names of the other two. <laughs> it's autographed. Yes, it's autographed. Yeah. Autographed. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, mine's like, Jason, I'm five. I just connect the, the, the block letters. I'm going to write the J like a normal J, and then the rest is like yeah, cursive. It's just it. like scribbly. But anyway, we have to give three of those away. But what we didn't tell you at the time because I didn't think of it until after, is uh, the winner who gets um, the signed, autographed copy. Like, your value of your game's way lower because we're on it. It's yeah, we're, we're making... So we're making it up to you. We are including a 20... money. <laughs> we're, yeah, but we're including... To make up for that, we're including a $20 eShop gift card with that copy. So two people get the game sealed. One person gets the signed copy with a gift card. And we picked the, the winners. We, we kind of just randomly chose them. So our runners-up that get just... The game. I don't know how that's going to sound. It's going to be fine. Uh, the ones that get just the game are... I feel like I wrote their name wrong. Let me confirm this. Nope. Uh, uh, Polka Potty and... Let me go back to my notes here. Polka Potty and Brent. Brent Hall. So, Hale Hall. Hall. 
So the two of you, you say both... hail hall. No, no, I was saying it was a hail or hall. Was in I or an L? H A I L or H A L O? I did not know. Uh, point is, Pokepie and Brent, congrats, you both got um, a copy of the game. Your comments, we said comments, say whatever you want. Uh, one of you, Pokepie, just got your Switch. So here you go, free game for your brand new Switch. And Brent uh, made the good point that, yeah, um, so all those Pokemon Swords. Sword and Shield leaks we talked about last episode, it's not going to end well for whoever leaked it. And as he put it, the Nintendo Ninjas ago, it won't be pretty when they find them. <laughs> so we got those cons. Then we got our grand prize winner who gets the signed copy plus the $20 eShop gift card and no drum roll. Thank you. And that winner is David Gustry, who told Woo! us that, uh, well, here's what he wrote. And it's a very fitting win for guys getting a signed copy. Jason and his titles, LOL. There you go. Nintendo summed up in Well, now you get Kevin five and words. his signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and his bank account, because you can forge that thing. No, but... Uh... Please don't, David. <laughs> but yeah, so congrats to you guys, and thanks to everyone who entered. We really appreciate you taking the time to leave a comment. And enter the next contest. Like I was saying, day and night, you can win it. Just leave a comment. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. Do whatever you but want. But episode 217, just uh, leave a comment on your favorite puzzle game. To make sure you don't miss out on who won or any future contests, because we do have at least one more before the end of the year, uh, follow us, subscribe to us. You can find us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where apparently 19 different countries listen to us, which is super awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora. We're on YouTube. Our channel is RamNintendo.com. Basically, wherever you listen to things, we're going to be there in your ears if you choose to put us there so uh you definitely don't want to miss our next episode besides the contest wins on december 22nd we will be back with award season the game awards i'm gonna be there in person these guys i assume are watching in some capacity so we'll have our thoughts on the news from it on the winners from it and then we're gonna do our own awards for games of the year of our choosing so yeah should be a fun episode and um we'll see you in two weeks and kevin final word as always i toss and turn i keep stressing my mind mind what what